podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Woo! The sensation, Jason Gavin! Danmark har fået en ny verdensmester. Mikkel Tesla. He's the fucking champion of the world. Молодой Стивенсон писал чат. No, I think Rosado good boy. Rosado is good boy. They have become a massive international superstar. It's as simple as that. I eat your ass on a lie, bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Head. He fucking glossed me. He glossed me. Derek, who down? I'm Shannon Briggs. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black team with the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at a fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. You know, I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Cross Branker, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm happy I'm only PC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want good next. You've got my Dino Ribone cake acid. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who's next? I love boxing sounds. It's as simple as that. Welcome everybody to episode 451 of the episode of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse. 451. It is the temperature at which book- books burn and is the episode where we will discuss a lightweight title reign ending in roughly a year as George Cambosis Jr. shocks everyone, us included, dropping Tiafimo Lopez in the first round, recovering from a knockdown in the 10th to sneak the last two rounds to win a decision, lift the lineal lightweight title. Oh, Andy, this is a crazy, uh, crazy year in boxing and a crazy time for Tiafimo Lopez. I think it is highly possible that he will become the first boxer to be on both sides of the upset of the year in back-to-back years. Um, I think they actually upsets. There's been quite a few upsets this year, to be honest with you. Um, but with the implications, you know, I mean, lineal lightweight title, big deal. Well, he had the. Uh, well, I suppose. But um, if I, I would say, like, say, Martinez uh, knocking out Galahad was a, was a bigger shock, to be honest with you. Um, that last night, to be honest, um, well, I think now, actually, to be honest with you, but I think, if uh, I can recall, Lopez came out swinging early doors. I don't think it was a guy, actually, who really had second gear in him. I just think it's been poor preparation, whatever it is. Um, fell in love with the power a wee bit. I just think he got exposed a little bit to that he had no plan B. He couldn't swap it up. Um, firstly, on the on, on the on the scoring of that first round, I think it's an absolute disgrace. It should be in ten eight. At least one judge got it right, but that's no that's no point. 
But I thought Lopez just seemed kind of more intent, you know, throwing power shots, early doors, pretty much neglecting the jab affair, for, you know, especially for large portions of the fight that I thought. Um, and Cambosis was kind of like more than happy to try and kind of draw counters, and they managed to get one bang on the you know, end of the first round. Obviously, he, he could go clipped his, himself, actually, with a right hand, and kind of maybe got slightly wobbled, but then obviously came back flatly with that right hand. And for me, um, up for probably the midway point in that fight, I thought uh, Cambosis was, was more worthy, uh, well in the lead. Um, just, Lopez just seemed to think he could just walk into punching distance and just like, you know, th- throw bombs and Cambosis would somehow just let him do it. Um, I just thought Cambosis as well, when he was um, on the inside, he wasn't getting greedy. I thought his, some of his shot selection was pretty good. His jab was good, good right uppercuts, uh, some good body shots and that as well. But I didn't think he overextended. He, he knew at times he had to kind of step in, uh, step into fire, so to speak, and let his shots go. And he was going to get caught in that. But I thought pretty much he, he handled it pretty well. Um, I just, again, round nine possible. I just think Lopez, again, the antithesis was just like just try to land something big. Um, and then he gets the the knockdown, obviously, and you know, in round ten, tries to go for the kill. And I thought he was doing pretty well up to the midway point, uh, maybe round eleven. And then Campos gets right back into it, won the fight for me. And uh, you know, great performance I, th- I thought by Campos. But I, I still think this, as well that Lopez has dropped the ball. You know, whether it's the money, the spotlight. You know, thinking you know the you know the Lomachenko fight was you know that was going to be was going to bow down to him and that, but you know he's just trouble making the weight. I mean, there was time off, no weight. spring in his step. Yeah, time off, the weight possibly in that as well. Um, yeah, I just think um, that the, the also as well after the fight they've been a wee bit dishonest with themselves and that. Look, you lost the fight, dude, and his dad's coming out saying, for example, you know everybody knows what happened. Yeah, you know obviously we do. There's, there's two people out there who obviously didn't understand that actually what happened. You lost the fight. And his dad's saying, for example, that, you know, fuck the zone, if we were, if we were on the ESPN with the good decision and that, obviously they're kind of like saying the top rank with the, saying the judges okay, etc. and that. But um, I, I just thought slightly a wee bit anyway, Lopez, maybe because of the weight issue, maybe, um, he got exposed for having a limited offence and not having precisely a plan B. And I just thought he was slow, um, as I say, just try to walk in, just try to kind of you know throw heavy bombs and go go picked apart for time. And you know, look at his face after after the end of that fight. See, see that cut? I, I'd be surprised actually. See if that was that cut maybe happened halfway through that fight. I wouldn't be surprised if that went to, went to a technical decision was because that was, that was horrid. Was that was a horrid cut. And if it just happened at the right time for him because it was passionate blood, so was his nose as well. So. They come out there and say that I won 10 2. It's just nonsensical. He, he didn't win, win 10 2 and look like that. He looks like Meldrick Taylor there last night after he fought Chavez. Some state of that face. But, um, no, fair play to Cambosis, as I say, is not. Um, and it'd be real G as well. He actually walked to the arena last night with actually Tiafimo Lopez's belts, who, by the way, didn't seem too convinced about wanting a rematch and that as well, saying he was being set up for it and all that type of thing. I don't know who they are, actually, who, who he's actually talking about. Maybe it's top rank. Or I don't know who he's talking about, to be you honest know, with you. Well, like I mentioned with the way, I don't know that he fights at 135 again. Like, it was just listless. He he, yeah. he seemed to have gas in 1 and 10. But his dad was awful in the corner, mate. What did he do? Yeah, seriously, what did he do? Train under Jack Lowe? Jesus, fuck. He is awful, mate. I mean, Joey Gamash, I thought, was maybe still in the camp. But he was in the camp for this one. Um, he was in the camp for Lomachenko fight. Um... And as I say, if you listen to listen to his, his dad and that, it's, it's like someone who's just delusional. That's all it is. Just delusional. 
Yeah, it, it they couldn't figure out um, how exactly how to get to Cambosis. And like I, 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 and even Cambosis bef- uh, before the fight, Steve uh, said that uh, uh, that Lopez trying to make the weight was going to bite him in the ass, basically. And I tend to think that's right. Um, like, not to take anything away from Cambosis, because obviously he he knew exactly what was going on, and he, he played for it, and you, you take the hand that you were dealt. But uh, but there was just no gas in the tank for Tiafimo. Like, he gave it in round one, and then he had nothing for the next eight rounds. And then after the tenth, he had nothing for the rest of the fight. Yeah, I like that comment in the chat there from High God Plodu. It says Tundi Fimo Lopez Senior in reference to Tio's dad there. But I'm pleased for Cambosas. I'm not going to lie. I said before, I've interviewed him in the past. He's a nice guy. I have a soft spot for him. Didn't expect him to win. Didn't pick him at all. And I made up for him. I mean, first of all, Tio Fimo Lopez looked like a dick at the end. No class. Made a fool of himself for me in the post-fight interview. He was talking about the takeover. And the microphone was the only thing that he took over. Babbling on about winning 10-2. I thought Cambosos dealt with him in the ring and out of the ring at the end. In fact, I think Cambosos was a little too deferent even. He showed Lopez a lot of respect and patience during that interview at the end when I think he was well within his rights to tell Tiafimo to go and fuck himself. A fair play to Cambosos. He was a, a worthy winner in a pretty close fight. I don't think it was that wide of a fight. Lopez's power always kept him in it, always kept it interesting. But Chris Mannix's scorecard, something I never thought I'd say, pretty much followed along with my own thinking. The last Lopez. two rounds decided the fight at the end of the day. They, that that tenth round really set it even, and yeah. then it was whoever wanted it more, the last two. Absolutely. I've got your reference point as well about Lopez upsetting Lomachenko one year and then being on the end of the upset his, the, the next year. His promoters, himself, his team, they've completely failed to capitalise on that win over Lomachenko. It's been a catastrophic failure on behalf of everyone involved. I know he's going on about dark forces and they didn't want me to win. Is he referencing Bob Arum? You've got Tio Senior clutching at straws saying, we should have never left Bob Arum. They thought that the grass was greener on the other side, went with the triller money. That was about as much use as Zimbabwe dollars. It didn't materialised. They've ended up on the zone by chance and fortune more than anything else. Eddie stumbled across a winner by chance as well. But back to the ring anyway. In the ring on the night, it was a good fight. Both of them were fired up. There was a lot of spite in there, a lot of bad blood. Lopez was the puncher, but Cambo says, as I said in the chat there, he had pretty fast hands and he was able to land those shots. The left, uh, the left hook particularly was landing well. The right hand, as we saw in the first round, and the jab. And I said before, I expected Cambosos to be so motivated he would walk into something. But he showed huge restraint and a lot of discipline. He threw his punches in fast bunches, but he never got too greedy. At the end of the eighth round, when he got buzzed and he tried to throw back like a madman, that was the kind of scenario before the fight I expected to be his downfall. Same in the tenth round when he got caught again. I thought, oh, here we go. I was right after all. But he weathered it. And he had zero quitting him. Lopez, on the other hand, was loading up on power shots, either because he didn't trust his stamina or maybe he just expected to land one big shot and end it at some point, which he he wasn't close in the 10th round to doing it. But he definitely, that was what I thought he was going to do. And Lopez, he was too busy managing everybody's perception of how he was looking in the fight rather than actually focusing on fighting. He was too busy trying to be a persona, sticking his tongue out to the camera all the time, little sly glances, little hand signals, like the crossed hands gesture, like he was in WWF or something. Very Broner-esque. Yeah, it was Broner-esque. And again, we've spoken about the corner. 
what was going on in the 12th round, before the 12th round in Lopez's corner? Tiafimo was standing up for some reason. The cut was really bad, as Andy said. The cut man wasn't allowed to, he wasn't given his place to work. Tio's screaming. The young fella's all over the place, doesn't even sit down. The cutsman's trying to lean over as best he can to work on this terrible cut. Didn't get a chance. The old man was yelling. It was weird. It was disorganised. And I tell you what, one final point, Matty, before, before I move on. In the lightweight division, you've got Haney, you've got Javonta, you've got Ryan Garcia, and Lopez is doing his best to be the most unlikable of the bunch. His dad's a Muppet too, man. They're a couple of clowns. What the fuck is going on here? It's seriously the battle of the cunts. I, uh, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But any, it, I'll tell you what, Andy, that, that right hand that Cambosis uh, dropped Lopez with, it reminded me of that first right hand that Juan Manuel Marquez dropped Manny Pacquiao with in their fourth fight. Um, that 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 just kind of, that looping over the top and it, it it just you you don't see it and very similar reactions. <clears throat> too. It was a I was more thinking along the lines of like George Groves when he knocked doing Carol Froch and that. Uh, it's a, this is nothing as well. You like to remember that? Yeah, Andy. I do. I do. I don't like to remember the the result, obviously, and that. But I think one thing I was is just going back on delusion or deludimo and that, that Daddy Lopez. You know, he's saying for it as well that he's actually. That uh, Cambosis when he walked him through, it was actually, it was a flash knockdown. That was about as legit as you could get. He walked into that shot, absolutely walked bang right on it, right hand, right over the top, as you said, square in the chin, dropped him, you know, actually put him backwards and right down on his knee and that. So uh, yeah, it, look, that was important. That was really important, especially the early half of that, you know, open round of the fight. Obviously, that if Cambosis was more of a puncher, man, I, that would have been a way early fucking night, a way early night. Well. Possibly, I think. Um, again, I, I'm a big believer in that. See, at a certain level, and that, especially at that level, and that, even though you might not have, you know, the big knockout uh, ratios, etc., and that, but I think if you're at that level, and that, you've got some sort of kind of pop about you. Um, so, anyways, but uh, yeah, great right hand, mate. Absolutely great right hand. And as I said, I'm just reiterating that. I, th- I thought again, just his his patience at times. And that, as I said, he had to step in at, at times as well to kind of like you know dog it out. But um, probably as well that like, he's fighting his absolute maximum. And, um, you know, I suppose at the end of the day, it's, what's getting labelled at Lopez just now was getting labelled at Loma when Loma lost to Lopez, for example. You know, we knew that Loma had the extra gears to go up through against uh, against Lopez and he never done it, right? We Very kinda, similar performances, yeah, man. Like, we kind of uh, thought, thought that Lopez, if you looked at that fight and considering what Lopez has done, you kind of thought, has he got, you know, he should have the extra gear to kick up. Never done it. It was like the Nakatani fight. Remember, it was the Nakatani he fought, but he had the problem, the big Japanese guy had the problem with. Yeah, yeah, you went 10 with him, I think. Aye, uh, I think he made distance with him and that. He had problems with him, you know, big, tall, lanky dude, and that had problems with him. So, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe he just expected to walk through the guy. Maybe he was just, he believed his own hype. And just, as he's setting nothing up, not really. I mean, apart from maybe, as he says, the 9th, 10th, maybe the 11th, well, half of the 11th. Yeah, it would be the first half of the 11th round. Other than that, mate, he never really done nothing. He just says it. He just tried to march into distance and start. You know, he can't even cut the ring off properly in that as well. I thought. You know, Lopez. You know, uh, Cambosis. I remember at one point. I think he kind of spun off him after maybe hitting him with a hook or something, or maybe a right hand. And fucking uh, Lopez is like having to turn, turn round and try to look for him, and having to kind of walk him, walk him halfway across the ring basically. So um, that 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 was one thing as well. It was just there was a lot off with him last night. As I say, he just. He never seemed to kind of really turn up, and as I say, he's just a guy who fell in love with his power, expected to kind of walk through him, and then never done it. But um, this is what happens if you then start making these big fights, or you then take care of your own business. He caught COVID, he's got his business problems and that as well. This is the guy who overpriced himself with top rank. Top rank told him, right, 
He says, no, I think this, I'm going to go and get the, do my own thing. He gets, the, he gets the thriller deal, that falls apart. He's delayed and delayed and delayed. I don't know how many dates he took, but was it was five dates, I think it was. It was so the first, I think it was supposed to be in April originally, uh, something like he, that. It was ridiculous. He got, he got COVID in that as well, I think. And uh, I remember Bob Arm called him for not getting the, getting the vaccine and that as well. I know that that matters, but... As I say, his, his dad's now saying that apparently part of the new deal with ESPN and top ranking that involves two pay-per-views on ESPN. Well, <laughs> how are they going to say a lot after the last triangle ring? <laughs> Jesus, five dollars for ten fights. <laughs> how, honestly, how can he sell two pay-per-views after that result there last night? As I say, he had to take care of business, failed to do so. Lomachenko made that rematch so much more interesting the way he handled his, his business in, uh, in, in the last fight. Well, now he's got Comey coming up here in a I couple of Does this suck the wind well. out of his cells? And, and does but he talk, put in a tepid performance now? Who knows? But talk about the takeover, mate. Lopez is fighting in the theatre last night at MSG. Lomachenko's fighting in the main room at MSG in a couple of weeks' time. Probably sold out as well, so... He needs to kind of, you know... This kid, and his, his backroom, his dad mainly, mainly, just need to shut up. And get the right people around about them and get his dad binned. I don't care how far he's brought him along here. He will not do in that corner. As I say, just, there's just something off with that relationship. All the, all the way through. We've been saying it for long enough. I think Tio would be good guy. with Garcia. I, I really think, Possib- he'd yeah, I think Robert so. Garcia would be a great trainer for him. Yeah, Garcia, possibly, yeah. Um, without doubt. But um, maybe a virtual hunter, possibly. Who knows? No, but, no, mate, no, 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 no. He needs to. He needs to, you know, he, he needs to like, put, he needs to put him together, man. He he needs a combination guy. So as I say, he needs to, he needs to go away and just, you know, pick it up. Um, got him weight at, actually as well because he was blaming the weight. See, this is the thing as well. He's saying, "Oh, I won the fight." Cambosis, dude, you know, you're delusional. Look at your face, basically. And then Cambosis leans into him and says, "Look, let's do the rematch in Australia." And he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board and talk to my team." He didn't even have a rematch clause there last night. See if he had Eddie Hearn in his corner rather than Bob Arum. Eddie would have had a rematch clause there, ain't he? They probably talk about Eddie. And another thing, just to sign off on WBC for an IBF mandatory title fight there last night. WBC got their fingerprints all over that fight uh, right afterwards. That opportunistic wankers as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I think opportun- um, opinions in boxing the same as any sport. Football is the same. They swing back and forward quite readily on the you know on a fight. I mean, obviously F- Lopez was excellent against Lomachenko that night. Now Lopez has lost. If Lomachenko wins, <clears throat> excuse me, next week, all of a sudden we're looking at the whole situation a lot differently, aren't we? You have to look back over a few years and assess things as they happen, as they unfold, rather than just uh, run into shock opinions. I know that we all love a, a bit of shit talking, but I think that it's hard to say, was Lopez great? Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Is Lomachenko overrated? Was it a good night? Was it a bad night? And now all of a sudden, like I say, we're in a complete role reversal now. Lopez lost all his belts. Lomachenko's had a good win against, wasn't it, Nakatani beat and now he's about, say he beats Comey as well. All of a sudden, he's back in the ascendancy again. So you have to judge these things, don't you, over periods of months and years? I'd like to thank Steve Anderson, who threw us a 10 spot into the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Steve. Cheers, Steve. Um, yeah, that was that was very generous of you. Far more generous than uh, any credit that Lopez gave to Cambosis there. I lost money on... <laughs> I, I I lost money on that fight there. That was a that was sad. It was a it was a, oh, bad, it was a bad week for me as well in the prediction league. Like I had go, I got all my picks wrong actually, but uh, um, oh been, man, I, but it's been good though this year. I mean, for the quite a number of upsets this year actually. Yeah, good. there have been. Uh, on the uh on the undercard of Cambosis Jr. and Lopez, uh, Kenichi Agawa lifting a vacant IVF uh strap against uh, a Zinga Fuzile. 
uh, with a unanimous decision uh, over 12 rounds, uh, dropping him three times along the way, including twice in the final round. Uh, most might remember Agawa for uh, originally beating Tevin Farmer and then popping positive for some sort of a PED or a banned substance uh, three, four years ago, something like that. Either of you guys catch that scrap? Yeah, I caught it, mate. I think Steve probably caught it as well. I didn't, Andy. Yeah. Only saw the main no. event of this one. No, yeah. no, I saw all the Showtime card, but not this one. Yeah, that was it. Was it was a good fight? And uh, Agawa is, I mean, he, he's he fits into 130 pounds really well. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's I mean, he's a monster. He's just he's just non-stop, mate. I mean, most of the Japanese fighters are not, but still a wee bit tainted, I suppose, in that as well with the with the drug scandal over him. And I think it was a steroid he got done for as well, actually. So. You bit kind of suspect, and then obviously as well, you know. F- f- remember me, and Steve were talking about this one actually. But Fuzali actually fought that uh, Rakimov uh, a couple of fights back, and that that was mm, the Rakimov smelling salt gate. Yeah, yeah, and he got found what, with all the gear in, in the hotel room and that, all this liquid and you know paraphernalia etc. And that, and I should have I should have known better because I actually picked Fuzali to win by decision on, on the production league. And remember in that fight with uh, Rakimov, he was getting caught with a, with, with the right hook because. Uh, all night, and that's where he got stopped on. And then he seemed to get caught with that right hand there last night. Um, of Ogawa, and that he was doing the stanky dance all over the place. And that I heard them um, more kind of calling for the fight to be stopped running about somewhere. I think it was like was it the in the 12th round yeah, after the first, first minute, minute, after, 10, yeah, 10, but the 12th round, I was about a minute to go. And he's like, Look, he's done, he's not gonna win the fight, pull him out. And he was badly cut up, man. He's I think both eyes were cut, he was badly swollen, and that. And I, I kind of got the point, he wasn't gonna win the fight. Well, I'm kind of like take any more punishment, and as I said, any time he, he, he got hurt, you knew it. The, the legs went, you know, and did the, the be funny dance from time to time, and took a knee with a set knockdown. I'm sure, heavy weather, mate. So I think possibly I might be him done now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably bad saying that. There's only he's only had two defeats or something, but if you actually look at the two defeats he's had, uh, and I've seen them both, have been pretty pretty heavy beatings to the end of the day for, for me at least. So um, I think he might be kind of done now, really at kind of world level, and I think I expect him to kind of slide away. Um, so yeah, maybe the Rakimov against. I think he's got a fight coming up soon, so maybe Rakimov against Ogawa, possibly I'll be one and will be the champion and number one contender, possibly. So I'll be done for that fight. I have nothing wrong against that fight, mainly because Rakimov is only three syllables, and I think I can handle discussing that one. So. Uh, but anyone who didn't catch that fight, check it out. Uh, it was definitely a, a, a good scrap. Uh, it, was, uh, it was fought at a very high level at times, I thought. Uh, Fuzili had his moments. He was landing some sharp counters, uh, good left hands throughout the fight. Um, uh, and fair play to Eddie. Good card. Um, and he really uh, struck gold with uh, Cambosis Yeah, I actually there. won last night, didn't he, Eddie? Because he, I think... But right, Steve, I think Cambosis' dad said, or uh, along the lines that uh, Eddie's... Pr- in the next fight, possibly, I think. Yeah, so, I, I'm not sure about rematch gate or anything, but Eddie's no, kind of so. struck lucky now. He'll maybe try and pick up Cambosos. And they were, uh, immediately after the decision was read, DeZone were throwing Devin Haney's name into the mix. And then Ryan Garcia's magically recovered oh. from these hand injuries and mental health issues he was having. Isn't that strange? As soon as Cambosos win, all these all these little cockroaches are crawling out the woodwork now. It's, it's the worst, mate. I mean, it's, honestly, the, the clout chasing, they did the same after Lopez beat Lomachenko, remember? They all came out and said the same thing. You know, let's make the fight happen, that type of thing. Business is business, man, but they've got to handle their own stuff. That's it. Uh, Do you think when go. Tyson Fury is talking about uh, giving his purse to a uh, mental illness, he's tossing Ryan Garcia a few bucks? 
<laughs> I don't know, mate. I think he's tossing other things in it, to be honest with Ryan Garcia. There's no cash. Uh... Yeah, Matty, actually, I know we're on the undercard and everything, but Rob did send me a clip of the post-fight interview, uh, uh, car crash, if you want me to Ooh, play it. Please. Yeah, here, we go, here we go, guys. Yeah, 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 champ, forget the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, hey, hell of a fighter, but I won tonight, man. Everybody know that. The referee raised my hand. I won tonight. I don't care what anybody says, yo. I won tonight. Hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I've been here. I've done that. I want to thank God. I want to thank everybody that came out tonight. Look, I ain't no sore loser. I take my wins like I take my losses. At the end of the day, man, I'm a true champion. I came out here. I did what I had to do. And I went out there and I did my best. Yo, I don't care what anybody says, man. I am as well as they come. Jesus Christ. I wish Rob was here because oh, he sounds like a fucking uh, uh, what's his bucket from Digital Underground. You know, name is Humpty, pronounced with the umpty. The second is really like weird, weird nasally voice there. Like I said, astonishingly horrific. That is delusion beyond unbelievable. Honestly, I take I take my wins like I take my losses, and then proceed to make excuses for everything that went wrong in that. It's just. To be honest, you just you didn't prepare right. You just looked like a fighter who didn't prepare and just expected to walk to you or walk walk through it. That's what. Yeah, that was. He should have handled it better. But I'll tell you what. Jumping over to another card. That's a great segue. That's a great segue. Stephen Fulton taking a majority decision over Brandon Figueroa in what was an exceptional fight. Definitely will be on the conversation for uh, fight of the year. I think everything is going to fall behind uh, uh, the Fury Wilder trilogy. But nonetheless, this was an exceptional fight, one where I scored it slightly for Figueroa. I thought a draw would have also been fair. 116-112 I thought was too wide. Steve, I thought that Brandon Figueroa had a a far greater case against the cards uh, than uh, Tiafimo Lopez did. Yeah, it was the night of the sore loser, wasn't it? And the loser saying that they needed to move up in weight and everything. But even though I picked Fulton last week, I thought it was a close fight. I don't dispute the fact Fulton won by a point or if Figueroa would have got would have got it by a point. As Steve Farhood said, he had the draw, six rounds apiece. I think it was a close fight and it was a lot like one of those what-do-you-like kind of fights. And it was just a tough, competitive, grueling 12 rounds. Uh, I have a, some strange comparisons to make, actually. At times, it reminded me a little bit of James Tony against Vasily Jirov, sort of gangly, lurch-like Southpaw, constantly throwing shots, infatigable, with the other guy picking the shots in between. Fulton obviously doesn't have the punch in peril, defensive nous of Tony. I'm just making a light comparison. And going right to the other end of the spectrum, it reminded me at times a little bit of Katie Taylor against Delphine Pursoon. More for Pursoon, the way she just constantly throwing in that first fight in New York, shot after shot after shot. Again, looked like she was never going to tire. Not all of it was landing, not all of it was clean, but she was. you could make a case for winning the fight afterwards. And it's just that relentless aggression and pressure from Figueroa. How effective was it at, at times? Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. I thought Figueroa's body work was tremendous. I expected him to sneak it at the end, like I said to you, Matty, but <clears throat> Fulton's pockets of quality in between Figueroa's big shots were probably the dis- difference in the end. Both these guys are in outstanding condition. I don't think either man was ever hurt in the fight. And they're talking about a rematch for the chance for Undisputed, but I mentioned Figueroa's weight issues there. Akhmadaliev's there. I'd prefer that for legacy and for clarity reasons. But I think the PBC might try and get Fulton in to defend against the guy who was on the under- undercard, Ray Salim. I think they might look to make that next. And I wasn't really a fan of Figueroa's reaction at the end. Of course, he's a young kid. He's a competitor. He feels strongly that he won, but that little altercation, that kind of took the shine off the winner a bit for me. And Fulton was rightly aggrieved by being confronted like that, blindsided almost. 
with Tia, as I said, it was a night of the the sore loser with Tia Fimo and Figueroa. It just one thing wide, I, you know. It, it yeah. like I get where his, his frustration was because it just it seemed wide, you know. Kind of it, it, even though it was closer than on the cards than Ariola against Ruiz, it was it was almost like you're not giving me credit for what I did in there. Yeah, no, I get that absolutely, and he was disappointed. Like I say, he is, he is only a young guy, and he fought his heart out, and he's like with the heartbreak kid, and he tried to break Fulton's heart, but Fulton was in tremendous condition. But I thought that he was like going after the wrong guy. I think maybe having a go at the judges afterwards or trying to take it on the chin as best he could would have been a better approach. I think he kind of, it was like a confrontation. Fulton was being interviewed and Figueroa jumped in the middle and started shouting, I won. And it was getting a bit heated at times. And there was a, the threat of a bit of pushing and shoving. And I don't always think that guys should always show the respect. Like Bean says, oh, there's the respect. I think there's room for all different kinds of reactions. But I just felt like Figueroa took it out on the wrong guy almost. And I, was, I wasn't really a fan of that. But one thing I was a fan of was the respective corners. These were two guys here desperate to win. And I think it's class when you have two champions both in there to win. Fulton's corner corner man, I think it was someone, Raheem, you call him, says to him in between one of the rounds, you've worked too hard for this, come on. And then they went over to the other corner and Omar Figueroa Seniors in the corner says to his says to his son, what the fuck are you fucking doing? You didn't come here to fucking lose this fight. I just love that, man. They just both were so desperate to win. Their corners were desperate to win and they both fought like champions and Figueroa is not done by any stretch of the imagination. But Fulton, He's not a puncher. That's his problem. He's skillful. He's fast. He can fight in the pocket. He's got a good jab. He has a lot of the moves apart from the punching power. He's phenomenally fit as well. The punching power might catch him out, but not at this weight. I think he's the best, and I think he'll beat Akhmedaliev. I think that's highly possible. I th- I think it would be uh, an in- interesting if the, the monster moved up from 118 for a fight like that, but he's working with top rank, so God knows that'll probably never happen. Um Andy, uh, what were your thoughts on this fight? Uh, how did you see it? Uh, both you and I were on the Figueroa train. Yeah. Uh, we, we took him as an underdog against Neary as well. Um, but uh, just coming up short, unfortunately, uh, at least on the cards. Uh, like I said, I had him narrowly. I had, uh, I had uh, Fulton narrowly, 115-113. Um, I think possibly there's a good four, maybe five swing rounds through that fight. It was just, it was mayhem at times. I thought it was a really, I was, I was surprised at how good that fight was actually. Um, you know, especially when they went on the side, did you see Fulton as well having to work, step back, good jab. You know, he's got all the combinations. I think he could, you know, as, as you just mentioned, he's not had to look at the punch power and that, but I think he could maybe have a kind of similar career to kind of maybe like a Tim Bradley, for example. No go up through like, say, like two weight division, but I just think he could, he could, you know, optimize his skill set a wee bit like how Bradley did it. Um, last night, as I say, he'd stand in there and just trade sometimes, and that, and, you know, rough on the inside. Figueroa was kind of coming on late and just banging away. It wasn't all finesse, was it? It wasn't a lot. It was landing, and somebody was getting caught in gloves, etc. And that, but he just the output was incredible. He just kept it going, kept it going. And I take Steve's point as well. It's, it's probably unfair to take it out in Fulton or whatever, not by Figueroa's team or Figueroa himself. That it should be the judges. You know, but at the same time, I think I, I did. I did the check to see um, other people's scorecards, not and if it's like massive swings each way or whatever. And that I just thought it was very, very close, competitive. And to be honest, it was more again, again, what you really liked. I just thought maybe Fulton's work was even more kind of finessed, more skillful, even more thought behind it. Um, and it's, it's too easy, as I say, to play, to probably even score rounds to guys who are 
ultra aggressive, ultra come forward, that like Figaro is. Um, he was, as I say, it was something that just wasn't effective from time to time. And I said, I just thought maybe maybe Fulton was a bit more effective than what his work was. So yeah, I thought he maybe just slightly shaded it. But as I say, I think that's maybe a fight you could go back and maybe watch two or three times. You could probably score some of those rounds completely differently. Uh, and maybe even get a different winner, who knows from that. But um, yeah, so says very surprised as to how competitive and as, as to how good that fight was. Because it says I, I was expecting maybe Fulton to get worn down in the end and maybe figure out to stop him late by a body shot or something. So fair play to him. I, there were a couple of times when uh, Figaro had him up against the ropes. It, it looked like Figaro or it looked like Fulton was going to wilt, and he just didn't. Uh, I didn't it, think so, Matty, because against Angelo Leo, it was the same. I'm not saying Leo's in the same class as Figaro, but Fulton showed surprising stamina that night up against the ropes, constantly getting hit to the body, and he kept going, grinding away for 12 rounds. So something told me that he wouldn't wilt the way Neri does. I think he's in phenomenal shape. He see, well, he had to be to be able to take the assault that he did. Um, there's, there's just a couple of moments where I thought that, uh, that Figueroa had him about ready to take a knee down there, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. It was a good fight. Um, I'd like to see him bring it, uh, you bring it back again. I think something like that, if they could make that fight happen again, uh, that would be a great sell on the, uh, undercard of some pay-per-view that the PBC would be wanting to put together. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, Michael Thompson tossing two bucks in and asking, uh, so what are the two WBC, WBC belts that Campos won? What what belts were they? Uh, one well, was the franchise belt, and I'm sure one may have been a diamond belt, possibly. But anyways, as I say, Campos, the real G, he walked out of there with actual TFMO Lopez's property, two WBC belts, and the Ring Magazine belt and that. So, uh, Lopez, where's your belts at, mate? Ah, shit. Oh man, that that's pretty freaking gangster. That was pretty gangster. Uh, Gabe, uh, before I move on to the rest of the undercard, uh, feel free to get your word in on Cambosis, Ogawa, and uh, Fulton Figueroa. He's going to flame these scorecards. I can feel it. I'm definitely going to flame the fucking scorecards yes. for Cambosis. Uh, listen, I mean, was it a close fight? I think uh, Cambosis allowed Lopez to make it a close fight, uh, a little bit tighter, more narrow, I guess you could say, around uh, rounds eight, nine, ten, maybe seven in there. Uh, but, I mean, in, in all reality, though, it was pretty clear who was doing the work they wanted to do the entire fight. So how Trella had fucking Lopez winning the fight, to me, just signals that they were going to fuck Cambosis if it was a close, if it was actually a close fight, if it had actually been close enough uh, to do so. I, 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 that's what happens, though. This was is that the Don same Trella that, that had it for, uh, for Tio? Yeah, it was fucking awful. It was an awful fucking card. I don't know what, how the fuck you could have had him? What Don like Trella? That. What I don't know how you could have had anything like that on that, on that card. It was, it was fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought the closest even, he might have been even, able to get was 113, 113. He even scored the first round 10-9 to, to come. Yeah, him and, and, uh, who was the other judge that um, did that? There was, there was only one judge that scored the first round 10-8. I mean, it was, what more evidence do you need that they were trying to fuck him? You know, it, what? Glenn, Glenn like, if you, if you have the rule to deduct a point on a knockdown, then those rounds have to be scored 10-8. There's no, no other one. No, that rule does not exist. It is commonality, but you can absolutely win the rest of the round and end up at a 10-9. 
Technically speaking, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. I, I, I don't, I don't think. That, yeah, I do not think that would that qualifies. But but a knockdown does not guarantee a ten eight. But in this in this case where it wasn't close, Lopez didn't land anything, uh, and he was swinging for the fences, and, and he was being made to look a fool. Cambosis made him look stupid, and then knocked his ass down, and so. Like I, yeah, you're absolutely right, Maddie. You don't have to. You you can get knocked down and then come back and win the round. It doesn't happen often. Um, but again, that's a case where too, if you're the fighter that's not the house guy and you get knocked down, then come back and pummel the fuck out of your opponent for the rest of the round, um, and just don't put them down. You know, even if you have them wobbled on Queer Street for the rest of the, let's say you you get knocked down in the first five seconds for the rest of the 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 two. Uh, two minutes and 55 seconds and you batter the shit out of your opponent, you're still going to get fucked because they're going to score 10-8 for the house fighter every time. So why the fuck they didn't score at 10-8 in this fight is just, uh, to me, it's more, it, it, I didn't need any more, but it's more evidence that they were going to try to fuck Cambosis if they had the opportunity. Um, fortunately, though, he didn't let them do it. And he boxed Tiafimo's ears off. Um, Lopez looked stupid most of the night. And then he was crying like a little bitch after the fight was over, just like his retarded dad. So now the narrative is going to be in the, in the media, how they cry that they didn't lose the fight. Any dumbasses that didn't watch the fight are going to start, you know, trying to change, change the, revise the history of what actually happened. It wasn't close. Cambosis boxed his fucking ears off and, and that's all there really was to it. It was a great show by Cambosis. And to be fair, you know, he, he in those middle rounds and middle late rounds, he uh he kind of started taking back over control of the fight to some extent with some big punches and uh Cambosis seemed to like have a decline in his activity, you know, his work rate and stuff. And so I think that's what allowed it to happen. But then anytime really Lopez Really mounted something. Cambosis found a way to come back and to, if not even it, to draw it a little bit more close. So I don't know how anybody could have had that fight, you know, for for Lopez. That was just ridiculousness. But uh, it was a great fight, though. Um, the rest of that card, uh, did you say we, have, we haven't hit the rest of that card yet, have we? No, we have, but feel free to get your take. Uh, I, I just I didn't know if anybody else was too thrilled about anything. Um, I turned it on a little bit late and caught the uh, Ogawa fight, which I mean that wasn't all that fun of a fight. I, I you know really? if anybody's I, thinking, oh I should I was, watch it? Should I not? Uh, I, I thought it was pretty high skill level at times in there. Some of the counters that Fuzile was picking out there uh, the, after he got knocked down the first time were really sharp. You know, I thought a gal that uh, a gal had to dig deep in the in the late rounds to secure that one. Really, I, I I've seen um maybe I was off while I was watching it. I don't know. It just didn't it didn't do a whole lot for me, and I didn't particularly feel like it was extraordinarily close. Like uh, I know the cards were. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. I don't know. To me, it was. It didn't seem like too much of a wild conclusion for it to be a little bit wider for Ogawa. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It could have been too, that I was waiting for the showtime card to start too. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't, I just really wasn't too thrilled with the entire undercard on that, on that one. But um, Cambosis and Lopez did a good job. I thought they had, a, they had a good fight. And, uh, and then as far as Figueroa goes, man, I, I don't know, man, that, that was a tough, that was a tough result. I thought the cards were a little bit wide on that one. Um, you know, if I have to nitpick anything about it, but I, I really not going to, 
Um, other than the fact that Figueroa also joined Lopez in crime like a little bitch last night, too. Um, you know, I thought it was I thought Fulton was right. It was a close fight. And uh, I think depending on on what your preference is, you could go either way with it by a couple of rounds. Um, but to, to really say that one guy, you know, was dominant over the other, it didn't happen. That That's completely not true. I think it was uh, more or less Figueroa was a little bit sloppy and did what he wanted to do, which was to make the fight nasty. But I don't think a lot of his punches were clean enough. Like he was landing on elbows. Fulton was doing a, uh, doing some good job parrying some punches off elbows and stuff. And so a lot of the body work that you saw, there was there was a good quality uh, to it and a good amount of it. But there was a lot of it, too, that was being blocked. I thought he was overall, you know, um, Figueroa was good. I, I really kind of was leaning towards Figueroa, but um, it's another one of those cases where, you know, I think sometimes you get kind of like, I guess, skewed on what you're seeing and seeing Figueroa come forward quite a bit um, and not really be deterred. I think that was the biggest thing. Like he never really got deterred was the big, big reason why some people probably had Figueroa winning the fight. Because even whenever Fulton was landing some really good combinations or counters or just a little step back um, or even those uppercuts in the, on the inside, you know, I will, I talked to Sebastian and, and, and we, you know, talk about guys fighting on the inside uh, and there's not a lot of guys that do it really well. But I thought last night was a good demonstration of inside fighting by both guys. So either way you go, great fight. I thought it was really enjoyable. I'd like to see it again uh, if they choose to go that route. Oh, I think pretty much everybody that saw it would like to see that fight again. I, I guess the question is, does Figueroa stay at the weight? Uh, he was talking about moving up even before that happened. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was a uh, that was a good scrap. Uh, and uh, right below that, uh, Ray Salim taking this night of majority decisions. Uh, Ray Salim taking a majority decision over Eduardo Baez, which I was a little bit surprised of. Steve, I I personally thought that Alim won probably seven rounds at a minimum and he definitely uh took the last couple for sure but uh if they're setting that fight up with fulton it, it could be a decent scrap they're both pretty lanky for 122 pounds uh so it, it uh, uh it'll be interesting to see what real estate they uh, fight at yeah alim's a good fighter he starts off pretty quickly he's got strange and orthodox moves as the commentary team was saying he likes to square himself up a little bit but so far no one's taken advantage of this he can clearly punch a little bit calls himself the beast he's 31 so he's gonna have to get a move on and i was trying to think of his last fight i know he got he got an upset win it was over vic pasillas not so much an upset but they were both undefeated fighters pasillas was riding a bit of a wave himself and they thought that he was going to do the business and uh Alim dropped him like three or four times and got that win. And ever since then, I've been thinking they've been lining him up for this winner. So I wouldn't be surprised if Fulton doesn't defend against him next. But as the fight went on, <clears throat> excuse me, against Baez, Baez clearly wasn't a puncher, but he was starting to get those shots down into the body, starting to use his jab and his experience against Alim. And Alim started to look a little bit sloppy towards the end. And if it had been a 12-rounder, I'm not saying he would have lost the fight, but I think it would have been tightened up on the scorecard. So... Uh, I think Alim's going to be a live dog for anybody. I don't think he's going to go easily, but I don't see him beating Fulton or any of the major champions at the moment based off that, especially given his age. But I do think that, as I said, he's a live dog. He's a good fighter. He's fast early on and he will be dangerous. So I wouldn't be averse to seeing him fight against Fulton if they can't make Fulton against Akhmedaliev, which I expect they won't. 
Yeah, uh, I would imagine. And uh, and a- Andy, I mean, what I guess makes this this interesting is the fact that Alim um, can punch, and and Fulton. I'm not going to say he can't punch, but I I, I would if I'm going to pick him to win, it would be by decision. Um, to be honest, but I never saw any other cards. So I can't really comment. To be honest, with you. I don't think I've seen much Alim to be honest with you either. So um, yeah, look, listen. I think Steve kind of like maybe mentioned make the uh, the Madali fight for for Fulton next if it's possible. I can't mind if he's if he's with Eddie or whatever. Or not. Um, yeah, he's his own Andy. Yeah, and I'm sure Ed, I'm sure I'm right to say I think maybe Eddie's plan some sort of use bet card and that as well. So I dare say he'll be used as part of the headliner. So we'll keep well, it within the house. Well, Danny Roman is still floating around. Yeah, I was going to say too. that. He's, he's a he great now? little fighter. He's still 122. Uh, where did you see now? Oh, I don't know. Probably early thirties, maybe thirty. Uh, I shouldn't dismiss him. He had a. I said this last week, Andy. He had a close fight with that Medaliev. Uh, that could yeah. have gone either way. And I know the PBC have picked up Roman. I think he's had his. He had a fight on the Charlo pay per view undercard. So there's a chance that he could find his way into the mix, which I think he deserves too. There's no way he should cast Roman aside after that Medaliev mm. fight. That was a close ass fight, man. Yeah, I suppose eh, he's ex ex champion as well. He always be kind of knocking the boot. I think he's got a couple of decent wins in his record. And that as Unified well, champion as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he he he's a he's a, he's a tidy fighter, man. He he put together nice combinations. Is uh, he could take a punch, but his defense is usually pretty tight. I he's 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 a very good fighter. He just doesn't have that oomph that you know, uh, or you know, he'd be a big star kind of thing. Yeah, possibly. I mean, uh, I just I just pulled up something. I was just seeing that his last fight was on you know, the one before was uh, on Showtime, so hopefully he's maybe kind of tied up in that area. Yeah, so yeah, possible for for Stevie Fulton. I don't know what's the situation. He's mandatory in that, for example, and that as well. With WBC and the WBO and that, but um, as I say, obviously the other guy's tied up in that as well. So yeah, Danny Roman uh, sounds like a, you know, a decent option. And um, to be honest with you, I know it's like you know that that Ronnie Rios fight would be absolutely awful to watch. To be honest with you, I think the the two styles, for example, would be. You know, we we're talking about fights easy to make. I think Ronnie Rios fight would be easy to make, but about awful styles of fight to watch, possibly. Um, try and who else? Maybe we'll coming up there. Um, not much really, but he could, he could, he could probably rule the division for 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 a wee bit. And dare I say it, get a rematch with Figueroa. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's, there's enough interesting stuff going on there. I mean, it seems like PBC has a I'm, small handful of fighters at the weight anyway. So, I mean, all of these fights can be made basically that we've discussed. Um, one weight class down there, uh, Gary Antonio Russell of the mini Gary's, uh, taking a majority decision again on this card over Alexandro Santiago, uh, in a, what was a pretty, uh, what was a pretty entertaining fight where Santiago, uh, really uh gave his best and the man already had six draws on his record steve and i uh i thought it might be gonna be looking at another result of that uh once this wrapped up but uh russell sneaking away with it i i dare say he is not the most talented of the mini garys well no it's eyes yeah, well, <laughs> this is. I was going to come on here actually after the first four or five rounds and say what I've said before when he fought Payano. I really like the look of Antoine Russell. I think he's got a good jab. He's definitely skillful. And I mean, we all agree that even though Gary Russell hardly ever fights and he's a bit deluded, he is a fast, skillful fighter. And I think his brother's exactly the same. He has a strange body type for bantamweight. He's really tall, really small waist, very thin, really real stick figure. 
But this Santiago is completely the opposite. Five foot two, high up in weight, little stocky puncher, uh, like to hit a shot to the balls or two, could definitely do the 10 rounds. As you mentioned there, five draws on the record, including a 2018 draw against Jerwin and Kayas. He just can't get a break, this fella. Lost on a, uh, two points on two cards and had a draw on the third card. He gave a good account of himself. And I think that even though he lost the fight, Santiago will probably be coming out a bit more pleased. At the end, he was like, well, you know, this thing's happened. He'll get another opportunity through the interpreter. He wasn't too bothered. But as for Russell, not saying question marks or anything. I still, I still think he's talented. He was calling out Casemiro afterwards. Nayo Inoue said he's ready for any of them. But his corner man said it best after one of the rounds. He said, look, you're doing okay, but we've still got things to work on. <laughs> if they put him in with Inoue, there'd be one less Russell to worry yeah. about. Well, that's the... Uh, Exactly. When well, some of the shit in US fight at the moment, I wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be against Antoine Russell getting in there. But I think as the fight went on, it's cause for concern again. Like Alim, if he'd have been a twelve rounder, Santiago, as fat and as stocky as he was, looked like he could have been punching all night. So I think Russell might have been in a little bit of trouble. But as the corner man said, we've still got things to work on, and I completely agree with that assessment. He definitely has. Yes. He does have uh, stuff. And also, on. Matty, actually, another thing occurred to me. I don't sure. know whether it was an end swell or not, but they seem to have some strange thing on his <laughs> face. Before the mask. That what mask. the hell? Why are they putting a mask on his face in between rounds? The mad I think it's the Russell family mask, too. <laughs> I swear they might have had it one of uh, uh, regular Gary, Gary Russell Jr. Fuck, I don't know what his middle name is. 126 what Gary. What is that like what an mean? aging mask or something? <laughs> it's the coolest end swell ever. The coolest end swell fucking ever, Andy. Does that apply pressure on, on, on the spelling? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they, they put it on there and it's like cool. <laughs> I, I don't know if they like keep it in a cooler or something like Absolute that. Absolute shit. I, I don't know what they paid for it. You know, <laughs> apparently this is what the family is investing in or fucking, <laughs> you know, end swells that look like Spartan masks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll, we'll come a distance with Mike Tyson. I'm use a rubber glove in Japan and that with ice and his body. We've got a long way. And Steve, what I wonder is. Do you think something like this is going to go up or down in market value as the years go by? Will there be, uh, you know, Gary Russell, uh, the eighth, uh, fighting in a hundred years? He's phoning his financial advisor looking for shares uh, in the company right yeah. now. <laughs> or, or do you think maybe one of them will pawn it along the way and it'll pop up on an episode of Pawn Stars 2060? Fuck AstraZeneca, think... fucking investments, getting involved with the face mask <laughs> investments, man. Jesus. They might have to, but I tell you what, this Antoine Russell is booking the trend of Russell's. He's fought twice this year already, he fought twice last year, and he fought a monster four times in 2019. So, He's big Gary, fucking heart attack. I'm going to say, big Gary, better have a word with him and say, look, you better slow down here, son. Uh, 2018, he had a couple of fights as well, three fights in 2017. He's the most active Russell around, so yeah. Right on. Well, uh, there you go. Uh, one of them has to do it, I guess. Uh, you just wonder if maybe it's... Uh, does, does their dad work their corner? I think he does. I think Gary, Gary was in the corner as well. Uh, which Gary? I'm not sure, but one of them. <laughs> well, maybe it's just that the dad can only, like be in so many corners and do so many camps in a year. Maybe it's Gary. more of the limitations of the father than, than the son. Calling all your kids, Gary, is a serious lack of imagination for me. That's what George Foreman did, though. They're all named George. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, you just figure out a middle name or something like that. But I do like the idea on the fact you can just yell in your house and everybody comes down. That makes things a lot simpler. <laughs> you know, who, who needs laryngitis? You know, I, I think you have the, you know, he was smart. He's like, well, I guess I'm going to have eight kids since I hate condoms so much. So, uh, well, I'll just all name them the same fucking thing and we'll make that easier. It would so, be easier uh, to shout them all at once. So, hey, George, get your fucking asses in here. <laughs> 
very forward thinking, you know, you, it's prescient thought there. So, uh, good on the Gary, the original Gary, um, Gary senior, <laughs> um, on, uh, did you, did any of you guys catch the zone card uh, that uh, was on Friday night? I know it would have been Saturday morning for you guys. It was, uh, uh, as, uh, headlined with Erica Cruz, uh, Melissa Esquivel. No, 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 no. Gabe, you didn't catch that either. Did you? No. See, I'm the host with the most viewing time, apparently. Uh, Eric, go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say, did you watch uh, any of the British stuff at the weekend? If you've got all this time in your hands. I didn't. I'll hand it over to you in a second there on no, that. No, 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 no. Keep going. Yeah, yeah you, you just calm down. Uh, Erica Cruz, who apparently was offered six figures to, my, to fight Amanda Serrano and turned it down. Uh, taking a split decision over Ms. Melissa Esquivel, I thought that she deserved the decision. These are the kind of championship fights though, that turn people off from women's boxing. A lot of arm punches, uh, definitely not fought at the skill level that we've seen of some women's fights over recent weeks. Um, I uh, I don't know. I'd like to see Serrano smoke her out of, that, out of there. Um, on that card, though, an interesting fight at 130 pounds, um, not really because of the quality of the op- opponent, um, but uh, on, on uh, I don't know if it's Angel or Angel. I apologize. Sometimes I get confused on with Spanish, but on Hell Fierro getting a fourth round uh, stoppage over Christian uh, Bielma. Um, Fierro trained by Eric Morales, and uh, he uh, stopped. Um, God damn, I'm trying to remember his name just recent, uh, a couple fights before, if not the fight for uh, Machado. Uh, so this guy's coming up. He's got uh, just one defeat on his record, I think, but he's someone to watch at 130 pounds. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they'll try throwing him in Gawa, uh, since that was uh, they're both the zone cards there. Uh, so, but yeah, Fierro, uh, the sharp looking kid. Um, before Rob gets here, we got some big news on the week here. Um, I know that everybody's excited on this, and then I'll let you take the UK cards, but I wanted to get this out of the way before I forget about it. Um, because Andy, we've been waiting for this fight for like a decade, and apparently on Monday, it's going to be announced. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know, mate, no. Amir Khan oh, versus yeah. oh, Kel Brook. We're finally yeah. getting it. We're finally getting it. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> suffering mother of Christ almighty. Oh, my God. Oh, man, I, mean, I think it's fucking great. Are... I kind of want to see it still. Like, I know it doesn't matter anymore, but I want to see it. Just I've like, got two I questions. Maddie, you Actually, just made my fucking last decade. This This is literally the best thing that's ever happened. Finally, Steve had finally. Finally. <laughs> he just missed. He just put a miss in the chat. He must have clicked off uh, unexpectedly. We'll be back on shortly. Um, to be honest, I forgot this. I forgot about it. I've seen the announcement and I didn't read anything else about it. So, two questions What weight is it at? That's Does the first it matter? Question. It matters. I want to know because obviously, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a welterweight, Kilbrook is absolutely stone dead. Uh, what was my second question? I forgot. <laughs> um, aye, who's promoting it? I'm assuming it's going to be Eddie. I can't remember. Let's uh, see if I got the... Let's, let's pull that up again. Steve's disconnected his mic by accident, so he might be trying to get back on the call. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. There he is. Steve, just when you're back on the call, mate, can you remember if Eddie's, if he's promoting this fight? I never read anything in there. I, I, I seen the announcement, but I didn't really go and check it. Which one are you talking about? Brook against Khan. Nah, it's going to be on Sky Box Office for now. 
it's not Eddie. Eddie. It's uh, promoter Ben Shalom of ah, Boxer. Right, okay. Um, to be honest, with you, I ain't fussed with it. I'll watch it, obviously, not but I ain't paying for it as the natural courses because it's not worth my money. <laughs> I was on the states. I want to watch it, man. I don't <laughs> give a shit. To be honest, with you. this fight is way past fucking expiration date, man. This they is had over. to let it marinate. That that marinate, is tender mate. now, Andy. It's tender. You can cut it with a fire fire thing It hasn't even been grilled yet. The fact they bring in the fire extinguisher is not overcooked, now, mate. It's fucking done, busted. This is what I want to know what way it's at because. If it's at 147, Brooke is dead at the weight. Can shouldn't be fighting anymore. He's just took too many punches and that. His chin's just no there. They were awful in the last two fights. This is them just trying to pick up the bread that's left on the table and that, and then they, they will finally call it quits and that will be it. And we'll never hear, hear, hear the end of them again. But the banter on this is going to be absolutely excruciating beyond belief. They'll be able to put two syllables together. It's just going to be absolutely dreadful. Um... I think Brooke will probably knock him out in that as well. The only thing worth for Andy is your fucking attitude, man. This is the greatest news I've heard in forever. This is what what we've all been waiting for. Brooke's going to ice. He's going to ice Amir Khan, and he's going to show once and for all that he's the better fighter, and this is what we've all been waiting for for years. I can't believe I wish Donnie was here. I don't, because I'm asking about his dad's scorecard. I was just going to (laughs) say You're not I'll supposed to say him. that on the fucking podcast. I don't give a shit, idiot. You're supposed to have anonymity, you fucking moron. My and he's an attorney, even... you fucking moron. He knows. People know who he is. It doesn't matter. Um, because he's got it tight beforehand. The Golovkin fight after against uh, Canelo, he got it tight. People knew then. Uh, so that's, that's not a well-kept secret, that one. Anyway, Matty. But Donnie that's... Feldman Jr. I thought uh... it was. <laughs> Donnie Wasfeld Jr. <laughs> Donnie Bird. <laughs> Donnie Bird Jr. <laughs> Jesus, man. That was some shocking scorecards. Is that first, that, even even the, the, you know, the, the latter half. What were we talking about there? Khan versus Brooke. Khan versus Brooke. Yeah, as I say, I've spoke too much about that shit now, mate. I've, you know, as I say, didn't ask me anything about Khan Brooke until the fight happens, if it happens uh, as well. Because I wouldn't be surprised to see an injury. Uh, Brooke's got to be probably about 200 pounds. Blood's probably about 80% gravy. Um, so who knows, mate? Who knows? We'll wait and see how it comes. Uh, I wonder how many uh, seats Amir Khan's going to have to reserve for his side tricks. I don't know if he's been picking women up on Skype lately. You'd think yes. You'd assume so, but could be wrong. He could be a reformed man. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Andy, uh, you mentioned something yeah, about the uh, the British cards over the weekend, which which I, of course, did not see. Um, well, I don't know if Steve caught any as well. He probably wants to chime in. But uh, Jay Harris got stopped in six rounds against uh, Hector Flores. Um, obviously, he's going down in weight. Like fly with Jay Harris, that is, isn't that? Um Again, it's just again, man. The guy's just no. He just kind of hold the uh, hold the hold the body shots. I think he got dropped twice at least. Not uh, the last one was just absolutely savage uh, combination punch into the body, and it stopped. So um, he moved as he's moved in for flyweight, expecting to be kind of a little bit more kind of bossy at light flyweight, and basically came up short. Struggled really. It's all kind of caught in that card. I had, I had other fights on in the background in that as well, but I didn't really pay much attention to them. I did catch uh, Mohamed Wasim's fight against Robert Barrera in Dubai on Friday afternoon. Um, it was an okay fight. I actually thought Wasim was doing pretty well early doors, and then 
you've been seeing me gas horribly and that, and then Barrera was kind of like just, just throwing everything at him. Both left it all in the ring, basically. And uh, I think uh, Wasim got a decision, I think. And obviously, O'Hara Davis, he, I think he got a win as well. He's, he's pals ringside. AJ is no looking all that hot and that raging still, I think, at this point. I don't know about Rocky Field. Badu Jack, actually, I've seen his fight. He was he f- he was fighting. He was literally fighting a human bag. That was an absolute disgrace. How did it, how did he look like physically at cruiserweight though? All right, mate. Just like he hadn't cut weight. That's you know, I think it's possibly what he's walking about. Weight is probably about one hundred ninety pounds, whatever it is, and that doesn't need to kind of you know shed it off, that. So yeah, look, look, mate. What he was fighting was absolute. I, I, I'm being I'm being polite as possible, but he was fucking shite. He was awful, mate. You know, I could have got, got a guy the sheet after the day a better performance than that, mate. To be honest with you, but nothing you can write home about about that performance. To be honest with you, but that's all I kind of caught over the course of the course of the weekend, basically Friday, Saturday, etc. Steve, do you have any thoughts on those cards? I don't know if you caught them or, nothing, or otherwise. No, I'm afraid not. I, I was at work on Friday when the Dubai card was on, so I didn't manage to catch any of it at all. But I, one thing I just want to chime in very quickly on the Brooke Khan situation. I have absolutely no idea how this fight is going to go. I think it's really difficult to tell where both guys are at. I mean, we all know neither of them are in their prime. But I think saying definitely either one is going to win or either one's more shot than the other, I, I just have no idea. I would actually lean towards Khan out of the two. But, I mean, he hasn't fought since we last saw him in... Wasn't it Dubai fighting against Billy Dib? He didn't look great against Crawford before the ball shot. Uh, Brooke looked like absolute shit against Crawford. As soon as he took a meaningful punch, he just went. So how much is his punch resistance left? I think it could be weirdly entertaining if they're both gone. But I would lean towards Khan, but not with any great conviction. I just think it's really difficult to find where both of these guys are at and who's more shot or less shot than the other. I think I think it's fascinating in a macabre kind of a way, but I'd probably lean towards Khan. Interesting. I uh, I I don't know. I I just I I just believe it does have the potential to be a, a very entertaining trash fight at the end of the day. Khan's given us a lot. We've had this discussion before. I think it was either here or Boxing News TV. For all of his faults, I know we laughed at him about Skype and all that, but I think there's there's always a fascination, or you have like a feeling about a fighter when you've watched them right from the beginning. I remember when he got the silver in 2004, and then we watched his progression to turning pro with Frank on the ITV undercards. I was at one of his fights, actually, back in 2005. Israeli domestic fights were in entertaining yeah. shit, like Willie against, Lemons, uh, Michael Ma- Gomez. Michael Gomez, like exactly. Yeah. He was always in entertaining fights. We talked about Maidana. Me and Andy have talked about him desperate to fight Edwin Valera back in 2010. He never ducked anybody. His chin Hunting wasn't the Floyd. greatest. He, he hunted Floyd relentlessly. He fought Maidana and balls did out when people thought that he was going to get destroyed. He fought a lot of, you know, he's always been in entertaining fights majority of the time. You can never say it was a boring fight. I think his defence let him down a lot of the time. Whenever he got knocked out against Canelo, he did it in spectacular form. A lot of people thought the poor fellow was dead. He's always given us excitement. And I'm not saying Brooks a bad fighter either, but his career has been a bit more stop-start. People forget after he knocked out Kevin McIntyre, Brook went on a mad run with Frank where he didn't really do an awful lot. Didn't he get to like 30 and 0 or something? I, I might be getting the figures wrong here. And people were saying, oh, he's going to have to move on here. He's not really going anywhere. And then he had those defences after he beat Porter. That was his big breakout win. He's done a lot for us too, but Khan, like I say, same with Frotch on the BBC, even to a certain extent. You've watched them all throughout their career. So I'm siding with Khan. I've talked myself into it from that little spiel there. 
there you go. You, you, you should have been a, uh, you know, a military guy. You would have made a fine general, Steve. Yeah, maybe. over here, that would have gone down well. Yeah, or maybe admiral. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you were meant to be on a boat. Oh, I get thrown off like Robert Maxwell. <laughs> there you go. Or walking the plank like a Robert Louis Stevenson book. You never know how it might end. Um, God, I'm wondering where Rob's at. Uh, usually he's checked in by now. Um, and this is usually uh, when he comes in for the entertainment before we move into uh, some questions and then the uh, previews. But uh, let's get a question here. Let's see here. Uh, Declan sent us in a, a question. Uh, let's see here. Uh, question for the pod. Who's the best active fighter from each of England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales? Oh, thank God. This will take a while. Uh, his examples, uh, England, Tyson Fury, Ireland, Mick Conlon, Scotland, Josh Taylor, Wales, Joe Cordina. Um, man, I, I can't, I can't cut up that section of the world well enough to uh, probably give much input on that one. Cause other than I think Josh Taylor, definitely for Scotland. Um, man, what are your thoughts on that one, Andy? Um, I kind of disagree with you, to be honest with you. I'm just thinking more along the Welsh lines, to be honest with you. Um, I don't remember who, who we've got as Welsh fighters. See if we're trying to think of any world champion Welsh fighters, for example. Um, no, I'm kind of struggling, mate, to be honest with you. I would probably say that list is pretty much spot on, to be honest with you. I thought there was a lighter weight champion that was Welsh for some reason. Well, you had Jay Harris, as I say, as other night. They're going mm, down there. Lee uh, Selby still knocking about. Yeah. don't know if Lee Selby would still be classed as an active fighter these days, to be honest with you. Um, well, he fought Cambosos. Was that last year, was it? Liam Williams, someone said, yeah, I forgot about him. Well, if he beats Eubank, for example, he could be, he could be, that could be hanging die. But he's no, what was his last fight? It was that, uh, that fight being yeah. pushed back to January 19th, yeah, by the way, that, I yeah. believe for our listeners. I think no. Declan, Declan, Matty's put a, a decent enough lift to, list together there, done the work for us. Yeah, I was just, I'm just, honestly, I'm thinking actually, I mean, I was going to mention like TG Donny, for example, but he's, is he? Well, Conlon beat him, so I mean. That's right. Did, oh, didn't I Tyson Fury sorry, hold the Irish title? So, I mean, technically he could be yeah. two. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Were, that's what Fat Mick was struggling to do anything with him at that time. I was there the night he won the Irish title, actually, against my, uh, Martin Rogan. I remember like shenanigans. Like, he provide his, you know, Didn't provide he fight him southpaw? Yeah, he fought him southpaw, and uh, they, they fucked Rogan about that night with all the weight and the ten, changing it from a, t- a 10 to a 12, was it, at the last minute? And, yeah, he got he got fucked royally, Rogan did, on that one. But he was never going to beat Fury anyway. Yeah, so I, I can't really add any much more to it, to be honest with you. I think it's, it's a decent, decent shout anyway for the guy who's sending the question, to be honest. Do you really think Conlon for Ireland, though, Steve? Well, I mean, yeah, who else? Fuck, I don't know. Kind of makes there's, sense. You, there's your answer then. Well, Katie Taylor. Yeah, Katie Taylor. Yeah. 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 She's definitely, I think she's Unified a, champ. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you definitely have to give it to Katie Taylor there again. Where the fuck is Rob when you need him? So Jimmy Tappy says um, the young lad Andy Lee. He's got uh, like Paddy Donovan and all that. Uh, they're prospects at the yeah, moment, aren't yeah, they? Exactly. Kind of put name in there. Yeah. Huh, well, yeah, there you go. Son of a bitch, this might be uh, might not be the marathon uh, today. So uh, let's see here. So going up uh, on Friday, going to be in card in Spain, Kerman Leiraga, uh, God, I hate that name, against uh, Jack Flatley. Um, uh, any relation to Michael Flatley, Steve? Is this guy going to be dancing around the ring? What's I was going to say, he here? might be dancing after Leiraga catches him. But then again, Leiraga, we know he can be outboxed um, by a certain caliber of fighter. Jack Flatley... 
Is he didn't he fight Harry Scarf? This is Aussie's area now. I'm gonna I'm gonna I know where is that bastard? Well no, he's he's busy, but flatly, let me see. Yeah, he's a not bit of a not yeah, he fought Harry Scarf. There you go, he was on the ball there, Matty, late 2019. Kind of English level. Lay Haraga likes feasting out on these guys, and then he steps up in class and loses. So I'm gonna say Lay Haraga beats him and then loses against the next decent fighter that he fights. That seems to probably be an accurate prediction considering the trajectory of Lay Haraga. Uh, let's see here. Then also on Friday, Andy, there's a, a card at uh, York Hall with uh, Danny Dignam versus Lucas Brian Ariel Bastida. Okay, when's this? Well, that's on Friday. Uh, I missed that one, mate. Who's who's top of the card? <laughs> that's the top of the card. Who? Uh, the, what I just said. What date is that? That's on Friday. What date is that though? I uh, well, that'd be the third. The third, I need to go and pull it up, mate, to be honest with you, because I had no idea about the shot. It's not even on Boxwick, is it, though? Is it no? Danny is that, Dignan is that beat um, Conrad Cummings at one point, I know that. Is that the one that Isaac Lowe's fighting on, mate? Charlie Edwards? Jordan Reynolds? I don't know. <laughs> this I'd, is what I'd, I'd, I saw. I was I'd, thinking Oz would be here, and he is so good with the domestic shit, and I'd go to him and he'd say, oh, yeah, blah, 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 and so-and-so just beat Ho, and I think this is a real 50-50 fight. Like, Right on. Thank you. Well, I don't have you, mate, clue. Uh, the reason why I've not seen it is because it's not listed on the schedule that I look through. So Check on do... uh, boxing scene schedule. I think yeah, I've never used boxing scenes a uh, uh, boxing schedule, man. Well, apparently you should. Well, you've actually changed your tune for ESPN to boxing scene now because you've been getting I use both. Every other week. I use both. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know. I use one fucking source. Yeah. So I can't, I can't add anything because I don't know who's, who's fighting again. We wasted too much time on this anyway. It's Danny Dignam versus Lucas Brian Ariel Bastida. <laughs> I have got absolutely no intention of knowing who the people are, by the way. And if, thank God that isn't Danny, some Danny Russian Dignam, guy, or I would have been fucked. You see Danny Dignam, eh? Yeah. The last time I seen him fight was maybe, was it Derry Matthews, I think it was? When was that? Five no, I fought ago? Conrad Cummings, didn't I? Did you not fight Derry Matthews? <laughs> no, I don't think fight? so. He's a middleweight, I think, or super middleweight or something, I, yeah. There you go, mate. Danny Dignan. Oh, so it's no Danny Dignan, right? Okay, it's a different guy I'm thinking about. And there you go. Mate, I, I don't know. I, I don't even remember it's actually on next week, possibly. So It, it is on. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Des says Danny Dignam can really fight. I liked his brother. thought he was a huge prospect. Fizzled Maybe out. his brother I'm thinking about then. Possibly. I don't know. Maybe. Interesting yeah, Dig- Dignam, Dignam turns up on those YouTube IFL stroke ESPN cards, doesn't he? He, he fought Alfredo Melli as well, and uh, he had a draw with Sorokin, according to Boxrec here. He's a Southpaw, he's a, he's a decent domestic level fighter. I've no idea of the guy he's fighting, though, because it's not even listed on Boxrec. <laughs> yeah, there you go. God, really could have used Oz for this card this Records week. Records are for DJs at the end of the day. That's what Oddie would have said, so we'll just agree on that. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, but Steve, I think you might know a little bit about this one, unless it's been canceled with God, my luck on these things, but, uh, a light heavyweight rematch between Anthony Yard and Lyndon Arthur, uh, Arthur taking the first one by a split decision, preserving his unbeaten record. How do you think this one's going to go? Yes, I, I am looking forward to this one. I actually didn't realise it was next weekend. I thought that we uh, had another week before this one took place, but it's a rematch that has to happen. I know they've been having a bit of beef back and forward. Um, 
isn't it? Pat Barrett, uh, Lyndon Arthur's trainer, Tundi, Anthony Yard's trainer. They've been going back and forward. But obviously, Dan Aziz won, wasn't it, the British title last week? So I know Terry on his podcast was calling for the winner to fight him. Uh, Callum Johnson's knocking about. There's some decent light heavyweight uh, fighters out there. I think Arthur will win this again. Callum Yard's Johnson's not... fighting Joe Smith Jr. Callum Callum Johnson, yeah, he's or, got yeah, the fight. Johnson, in... Yeah, yeah. Yep, that'll be that'll be a good shootout actually between two good punchers. That'll be a good honest white boy fight at light heavyweight. So I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Arthur, I expect him to beat Yard again. I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, Yard's a good fighter, but Arthur got the tactics spot on the first time, and I think he's the better fighter of the two. So, and if Yard loses again, he's on Skid Row, as Porky would say. He's banging trouble with his career, so it's make or break for him. As I, I fly out all as many cliches as I come up with. On the undercard as well, by the way, Matty, you've got Hamza Shiraz. He's a bit of a puncher, a bit of a prospect. He's a decent fighter, hits well to the body. I'm not completely as impressed with him as a lot of people are, but he's definitely moving in the right direction. He's going in against Bradley Skeet. And Skeet and... can always turn in a really sharp boxing performance. When well, he's yeah, he... on, he is fucking sharp. You are right. Back in the day, he was a good fighter. I remember him going over to Sky um, about 2015, something like that, and beating Sam Eginton, and he was doing well. And then he bumped into the aforementioned Kermin Leharaga, who was a big banging prospect out in Bilbao. The crowd were going wild. That was three years ago, and he got knocked down a few times. And then he kind of disappeared off. I had a couple more fights in 2018, and then I thought that he'd retired. And then he turned back with a win against the journeyman, and here he is against Shiraz. So how much ambition has Skeet got left? That's the thing. Is he going to be the skeet of old? You're right. He was a good boxer back in the day. But I think the Leia Raga fight might have shot the confidence out of him. And it'll be interesting to see what Shiraz does with him here. If he can bang him out to make a bit of a statement against a bit of a semi-relevant former name. So I think he might be set up to lose here, Skeet. But uh, we shall see. What else is on here? Sam Noakes. I know a fella who's a big proponent of Sam Noakes. Reckons he's definitely going to be going places. Uh, he's a good boxer, 7-0, and all knockouts, so he can clearly bang a little bit. He's going in against Sean Cooper for the vacant WBC title, so we'll see if my friend's right. Uh, Dennis McCann, he's a good prospect as well on the undercard at Bantamweight. George Fox, who's been on the show before, uh, his friend um, is a, a regular Twitter correspondent with me, so he'll be keeping an eye on George. I think he's Don Charles' son, so... It should be a good one there. And uh, Sonny Liston Ali, that's some name for you, Matty. No pressure on that kid. Sonny Liston Ali is going against 135 Lee Hallett. So I bet it he really can... pissed off his parents <laughs> when he didn't become a warehouse manager. <laughs> if, he can, if he can live up to that monitor name, then he'll be doing well. But it's a decent enough card by from Frank. I'll be tuning in and looking forward to, especially the main event more than anything. There you go. Yeah, that one that one looked like a pretty good event. Uh, yeah, I hope there's some options stateside to check that one out. Um, joining us fashionably late, uh, but uh, always on time, Rob Kelly. Uh, Rob, why don't you give us your synopsis of the fights over the weekend, and uh, from there we'll move on to some final uh, reviews. And because uh, man, uh, it's it's just moving along like a like a well-oiled machine today for some reason. Yeah, suffering suck attack, first of all. Uh, I don't know what my mic is sounding like this week. Um, a bit like Sylvester the Cat the last few weeks. Uh, so I don't have a lisp. you got a lisp. Yeah, we love the lisp. <laughs> you sound like you're getting ready to give us coordinates of where we're supposed to drop the napalm. Sonny <laughs> lisping. <laughs> Stylist ferocious. Defense is impregnable. Uh, listen, no, there's a, lot to, there's a lot to fucking unpack from the, from the main fight of the weekend. And I think... I look, I'm sure it's all been covered inside out by the time I got on the pod, but what I think is um, 
I think it all has to be about George Cambosis. I think it was Dominic in the, in the chat it was, or on Twitter earlier was kind of pulling me because I was mentioning that Gamachi was missing. Now, there's a lot to unpack with the Lopez situation and potential things that went wrong. But last night, Cambosis took his chance, man. Absolutely. I mean, we wrote him off. I think in one of the predictions I made for this fight that I did, I did think he was going to give a good account of himself. But the fight got fucking postponed and covid it off so many times. I don't know where I was by the end of it. But I was expecting Lopez to hold up his end of the bag and move up to 140. I know it's floating around that he can't make 135. He said last night he just cannot make 135 anymore. Um, but Cambosis answered all the questions. He was there. He he prepared better, obviously. He had a better mindset going into the fight. He had actually had a game plan, and he took it to, to Lopez. And, you know, he was walking a tightrope all night last night because whatever about Tiafimo Lopez's power or his... Um, his personality, his 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 belief of where he is in the in the mix in terms of boxing stars, um, his absolute fucking trash personality and his worst trainer father, his power is real, like, and he has shown that against um different opponents and evaporated them. So Cambosis was willing to walk the line last night, put it all on the line, and he took it to Lopez. Lopez didn't seem to know what he, what to do when, when he got hit. I thought there was, you know, I'm sure this has been covered already, but there was massive, massive confliction uh, in the corner with Lopez Senior. One minute he's telling him, you know, go out and blast him out, and the next minute he's like, take your time, <laughs> patience. Or that did, that shot didn't hurt you, or oh, it did hurt you. It's it's just we've said before, time and time again, we could kind of read between the lines with the situation that the father and and him. It's very, it's very tense, I think, and the dads after actually influencing them into making these shitty business decisions. I mean, the fact that this was on the zone in the first place is because um, the, Aram let the fight go to post bids for, for Cambosis and Triller ended up making a bid. And for some reason along the line, after beating Lomachenko, it's actually quite sad. I think Teofimo Lopez is actually believing that he's the star of the show in boxing and that just because he beat the best guy in the sport that he's suddenly be, going to be able to command these $5 million paydays. And all these clowns in the lightweight division are saying the same thing about each other. Um and Cam, while that was happening, Cambosis was waiting for his chance and took it in a in an unbelievable fight. I thought like maybe the tide was turning for for Lopez when he caught him, um in the tenth round. But Cambosis bit down again, um and and showed hard and determination and no little skill as well. I thought that um the way he was holding the shoulder last night was causing Lopez all kinds of problems for a fellow who punches down the line. He couldn't seem to to cope with that or make any adjustments. I think, you know. Sp- not just because I know fucking Joey Gamachi or whatever, but just even from the amount of time I spent with him, that guy knows boxing inside out. And what he does is he's he's a master tactician. And I think you saw that in shades of that in Volley's performance against Tyson Fury that nobody expected him to give. And the, low, the, the Lopez-Lomachenko fight, there was lots of stuff, patterns and stuff that they'd worked on that Lopez was executing that Gamachi was coming after coming up with. Now, somewhere along the line, when the money's got short here, I've no doubt the Daz, ditched off Joey Gamachi, what do we need him for? Well, you can see after round one last night what you needed him for, because he didn't know what to tell his son in the corner when he was in the first under the first bit of pressure that he's been under in his professional career. He had nothing for him. And I, th- I, was, I couldn't help thinking of um, a recent Barry Jones interview I heard. I think it might have been Boxing Social, one of them, where he was talking about his dad coached him, and he was happy for his dad to coach him as a pro. But the dad said to him, the dad had enough foresight to say to him, look, I can get you so far, but there's certain things I don't know, so I don't want to be in there with you if you know, I'm in a situation and I don't know how to handle it. I'd rather you be with a boxing coach. And I think Lopez, uh, I don't want to make this all about him again, but I think Lopez uh, Jr. needs to get away from senior if he's going to have the career that we hoped he'd had. However, 
all about unified title holding out George Cambosis. You know, I'm high on the Greek Australians anyway. They're a great bunch of lads. I've always been saying that. Um, so I'm very happy for I'm very happy for Cambosis. And uh, they, they combine like all the greatness of a British penal colony with uh, you know the Greeks' love for all things dirty. And look at you know all out attack. That's the that's their that's their mantra. So I'm I'm down with that shit. Um, and I think um, Cambosis will find anyone. How long he's going to reign? I don't. I probably don't think he's going to reign too long. I would actually fancy Devin Haney to beat him. Haven't said that. I'm after picking against him twice now, and he's proved me wrong. So, um, can't begrudge him his moment. Delighted for him. Boxing in 2021, uh, for as many shit shows as we've had, it's actually turned out the big fights have delivered. The big fights that we have got have delivered, and we've had um, a couple of good upsets along the way as well. So exciting stuff. Want to see where where Cambosis goes now? There's no rematch clause, so he's no obligation to fight Lopez again, free agent. Can go to Haney. Can go to Ryan Garcia is back now, saying this will be his comeback opponent. Of course he is, um, but I, you know I wouldn't rule that out either. The zone they can they can make that fight. I think so. I'm sure uh, even Ed. I'm sure Ed has an option yeah. on Cambosis now. Ryan so. Garcia is one Hallmark co- commercial away from fucking saying he's not fighting for another three months because he's sad. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing I was going to say, boys, you know what? I thought that Lopez about round eight or nine, Lopez would probably end up. Go, coming on down the stretch, either stopping Cambosos or winning on points. And either way, Lopez was going to win. And I was thinking forward, Garcia, as much as we laugh about him, his left hook is a potent weapon. And Cambosos was landing that left hook for fun last night. And I was thinking yeah. to myself, if Ryan Garcia landed that left hook on Lopez as easily as Cambosos was, I, I know you're going to laugh at me, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have him in banging trouble, you know? Possibly. I mean, look at who did the Linares, no Linares, Campbell. We can punch with that left hook as much yeah. as we laugh at him, you know? Yeah, and I don't think he can hold one himself. That it's just look, end of the day, these guys have obviously COVID has been an issue in that as well. They've got politics to deal with and that, and these fights at this point, I think they're just never going to happen. And with Lopez losing his belts, and that, you know, what markability has it got now? Bob Arms going to have to try and rebuild him, as he says. We think Cambosis is going to go with Eddie. Eddie's going to even you, Ed. He's going to be you know big win this weekend, as, as we mentioned in that. So. The move to 140 is going to happen. And the thing is, as well, his dad is going to call out Josh Taylor, everything under the sun. I, I and you're going to go to 140 next. I, oh. I think I just figured out what's going to happen next. Pay per view, Josh Taylor against Tiffany Lopez. No, I, I, I think I think Taylor's moving up after Catterall. That's what happens. I, 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 I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that That's my hunch. So I think that'll. Obviously, you know, that loosens belts up, and uh, I can see Tiafimo Lopez uh, fighting uh, Zapata for a vacant belt. So, we hang then Taylor against Crawford. I like, dude, I got Bob has to do something big to make Terrence want to work with him still. Well, it's got to be tasty. Crawford's a free agent, so I keep basically confirmed that's his last fight. Well, may so. Uh, can't, I, think I, can't, I, sh- I can't see Crawford doing business immediately with Bob Arms nah. just after getting out of a deal with him. I don't see that. I, I love that fight, but I don't think that's like Josh is not a big draw for ESPN pay per view, whatever as well. To be honest, Plus with he's you, a but... fucking nightmare. Crawford's going to be one of be getting a big payday now, like and Vince yeah. fight. Taylor's a fucking nightmare for anyone at one forty seven, like especially if it's not it's not the big brain involved. So, did you uh, did you catch uh, Figaro against Fulton as well, Rob, or did you miss that one? Yeah, no, I caught that. Um, I thought Fulton would win. 
and he did. I thought it was a just decision. I thought we had a bit of crybaby shit last night from Figueroa as well as uh, Tiafimo Lopez. I don't like to see that. I mean, I think Lopez is fucking loco anyway, and he was due a mental breakdown. I think we saw a bit of that last night. I'm not making fun of that, by the way. I actually think it's sad. I think, I think, like as I said before, I think his dad has so much pressure on the kid that he's he's going to crack at some stage, and you started to see a bit of that last night post fight. Um, but Fulton, I thought deserved it. I thought he fought. I mean, you could have put a credit card between the two of them, some of them in, in the rounds last night, but he fought in a way that I expected him to from a certain degree because he's a Philly fighter. But um, he's just getting better at the, uh, the exchanges when they were going on the inside. I thought Fulton would probably get distance and end up boxing his ears off, but he actually stood with him for a lot of the time and just got the better better the ex- exchanges and the short uh, shovel shots up the middle. It was, it was working a treat for him. So, uh, deserved winner. Didn't like to see that from Figueroa, but. Um, I don't know where Fulton goes next or who's who's mandatory or is he going to unify or whatever. But he was, was thinking right Salim would 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 probably be next. Yeah, I could see him get past that as well. Well, Ray Salim's number one for the WBA, which Fulton has taken one of those stupid WBA titles. Plus, Salim is on the PBC, so I was kind of putting two and two together. Yeah, probably a no-brainer for the first quarter next year. Give him a, a mandatory or whatever. But oh, yeah, it's a pretty it. clean puncher too. I enjoyed it. It's hard to see where Fulton will go with that style. Will he, will he, will he take over the sports in, in that division as well? But um, I enjoy watching him when he's out. And Figueroa will give anyone a fight. If he's, you know, he bounced back, I'm sure he'll be back in the mix pretty soon. But um, yeah, I got one one prediction right, one one horribly wrong because I thought Lopez would decapitate George Cambosis, but no, can't get him all right, can you? No, no, I can't. Couldn't even get one right this weekend. Me neither. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you, yeah, uh, Fulton I, is he kind of fights a little bit like uh, Tevin Farmer, just a, you know far better, and he's always looking in the same direction. No, you guys don't like my cross-eyed Tevin Farmer joke. Ooh. <laughs> damn you all! Damn That's you a bit all. mean. The fellow's called Tevin. Was... Man, he's had a he's had a rough start in life as it is. I was la- I was laughing. I was just on mute. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that silence word. I'm like, God. I are, are thinking, gonna... if, I, if I was ever a, a fighter and I had to come up against Tevin Farmer, I'd just keep on saying, look, we're never going to see Ita. We're never going to see Ita. <laughs> I, was, I was worried. I'm like, man, have we gotten to the point of PC on the show that we can't make a cross-side joke? I mean, uh, God damn, that, that's a, there's that, that's like a pretty like common humor right there. Well, at least for people who are fucked up in the head slightly. He has blue eyes, Tevin Farmer, doesn't he? <laughs> I love, the fact he's called, I love the fact he's called Tevin, though, Matty. Is that a popular American name? I mean, what did the Mars send the, the fella down to get him named? What, what Campbell, am I calling him again? Singer. That's Ke- the only Kevin, other one I Kevin, can Kevin, think. Kevin, what fuck? Yeah, Tevin Campbell is the only one, other yeah. one I can think of, Rob. Like, don't, like, don't like Tevin Campbell, Steve? What's wrong with you? <laughs> in, in, in a way, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit envious of uh, Tevin Farmer because he can he can start at one end of the buffet and plan it out while he's filling up one dish. I mean, he's got clear view left to fucking right, man. Like uh, that that peripheral vision, uh, you, you, you can't buy that. I must say, Matty, uh, I've met Tevin in real life. He is a nice guy, and he has I some bet. interesting he has some interesting dress sense. He had a pair of like uh, multicolored rainbow stockings on when I was talking to him, so that was a little bit bizarre. But he's a nice fellow, I can confirm. It seems like, and like I thought, he actually got a uh, got a, a rough decision against Agawa. You know, regardless of what happened with the the uh, the tests afterwards, um, he just he, he's a guy that had a fun style. He just suffered from not having enough power. Didn't he get shot a couple of times in the ankles at some point? Possibly. That's always going to slow you down a little bit in the ring, isn't it? Like? 
A little bit. You'd, you'd think that was uh, what that happened to. Uh... Well, the hands. Maybe he got shot in the hands. He got shot somewhere anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it was the hand. I, I think you very well may be right. Mm-hmm. But I believe I believe that was a defense wound that he was putting his, his hand over his face while someone was trying to shoot him in the head. Um, <laughs> uh, something to do with a girl. There was some romantic element to that. I don't know. I'm not sure. Imagine Farmer trying to order a pint by him, you're sitting talking to him. He's in front of his face. Yeah. <laughs> you want a pint of lager, three guys at the bar say, yeah, I'll have one day. Where his mom messed up was sitting not... In, sitting in two places at one time, like Padre Pio. Where his mom messed up at was was uh, keeping him in West Philadelphia, not sending him out to his auntie and uncle's place in uh, California. I think that would have been a responsible move on her part. Yeah, I would have said. Born and raised, Matty, born and raised. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I love that comment in the chat there, by the way. When Tevin cries, tears roll down the back of his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I missed that. That's fucking gold. Oh, man. Uh, uh, who said that one there, Andy? Uh, it was M. Lithgow, 1983. Ricky Gravel says one of Tevin's eyes at the shop, the other coming back with the change. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I, I, for someone else. Who can you laugh at, eh? Oh, man. That that I crying that crying comment, I think he wins the internet today. Did, did we call him Woggle-Eye at one point? That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> what did I start? Leave him no, alone. That was, someone else. was that someone else on fucking... That was Abner Maris, was it? You used to christen that. I think that was Abner <laughs> Maris. It was Abner Maris, yeah. sorry. Think, yeah, what you call it? It's called George. George Cambosis don't have a crook, uh, fucking cockeyed. We'd have to call him Crooked Eye Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, I told you that didn't we, before. It's something like my cousin, my cousin, like when he was younger, his eye was tired, like and he went to Australia, came back with an Australian accent. The lad used to call him fucking Crooked. What a bunch of bastards! I see the fucker now. He's a fully grown man in the back of the head. Like, it's fucking Crooked Eye Dundee. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking gold. Oh, good times. Uh, what a lovely detour that was. Um, now, there is... A, we got a DAZN card on Saturday night with a pretty good-looking fight on it. Uh, below that is going to be uh, Jessica McCaskill uh, defending all four of her 147-pound belts against uh, Victoria Bustos. McCaskill's good, definitely... Good-looking fight, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. McCaskill's a quality right. fighter. Game jumped off the call, Matty. That's what oh, he sure, thinks about. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <"Fuck!" laughs> Don't even want to hear it. Uh, but anyways, uh, th- that should be a decent enough fight uh, as the undercard for a 135-pound WBC title scrap uh, with Devin Haney against JoJo Diaz. Uh, I, uh, God, I, uh, I, uh, I would like to say that JoJo Diaz is going to beat Devin Haney, Steve, because I, I, I don't like Devin Haney very much. But I just think this particular matchup and the physical tools of Devin Haney are not good for JoJo Diaz. And I see wide, boring decision. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I want to like Diaz. I like his old man in the corner. He's good for dropping F-bombs. But I think Diaz is high up in weight because of his discipline. He has interests outside of the ring in the drink. He likes a good bit of a shagging going on as well. But he is a good fighter. He's a southpaw. He's skillful. And I think he's got the potential to give Haney problems. But I think when push comes to shove, it's being set up to a certain degree for Haney to win this one. Now, a lo- there was an interesting point of Haney's last fight with Jorge Linares, <clears throat> which he won handily for the most part. When he got hurt, uh, Linares enjoyed it. Everybody enjoyed it. People looked at it as a point of fragility. Oh, it was a high he... point of my year, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of Haney. 
I don't think his attitude um, goes ahead of him. He hasn't really done anything to prove it yet. And he's got the WBC title. Maybe not through his own fault. We know Lopez, uh, no, not Lopez, Lomachenko became franchise champion and all this bollocks. Email. Email champion, exactly. But there is a lot. Of, there is talent to be had there with Haney. Rob said it before. Why didn't the bigger promoters pick him up? There's always a reason. I think he's got a good jab. I think he's fit enough. I think he's quick enough. And I don't think he's the biggest puncher in the world. He, you can look at the, the Lenares issue when he got hurt two ways. He was rocked and wobbled. And he was holding on for dear life towards the end of the fight. The only fighter to beat Lenares by decision. By decision, exactly. He wasn't able to stop him, which is a bit of a check mark against his punching power. Maybe he's not the biggest puncher in the world. But up to this point, he's fighting against Gamboa as well. He was technically good to perfection, won most of the rounds, but it wasn't the most exciting. He needs good opponents to bring it out of him. We need to see him fight a live dog. Diaz is a step in the right direction. It's not the toughest opponent he could take because, as I said, I think Diaz is indisciplined. He didn't give a shit against Rakimov. He wasn't in the greatest shape. Boxed to a draw, didn't really mind. Lost a, dis- um, a title on the scales with that he, he worked so hard. To, to win against Farmer, the aforementioned Tevin Farmer. I thought he was excellent that night. He fought against a really bad cut as well. So he's definitely got dog in him and he's not going to go easily. But I think Haney's going to win this on points. But it's a good fight on the zone. Uh, back-to-back fight weeks. We had Cambosas Lopez this weekend. We've got Diaz against Haney the next weekend. So um, shout out to Ben Faruqi, who supplies me with DAZN. It's uh, worth his hard-earned money anyway, so I'll be continuing to take DAZN off him for as long as they keep on uh, giving us these fights. And it could be worse for Haney. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Ben. Also, uh, thanks to uh, Craig M throwing us 449 in there, saying Lewis Ritson would take Tio Lopez's soul. Um, God damn, after that performance, who fucking knows, man? (laughs) I think that was a joke, but God, who fucking knows? Um, Steve, so you're taking Haney by decision? I am, yes, but I would love to see Diaz win the fight, uh, but I think Haney will win on point, yeah. All right. And Andy, what are you thinking on this one? I missed uh, half of what Steve was saying because I did pop away briefly there, so I maybe uh, run over what he was probably saying, to be honest. But um, Diaz, I, I think that's the question mark for me is, is what shape he comes in, if, he, if he's fit and ready. If well, he's 5'5", he's five, five, six, 64 inch yeah, reach, you know. But I mean, I mean the weight, though, mate. He's had problems with the weight. I think he, he lost his title on the skills, um, probably mentioned already in that. But um, I think if, he, if he's definitely in shape and done the weight properly, I think he gives Haney everything he can handle. Um, I've seen bits of Haney where possibly he doesn't like it rough. Maybe a wee bit question mark about the gas tank. You know, these are the type of fights we're going to have a wee bit of questions answered with Devin Haney and that as well. So um, before he starts calling out like a cambosis or whatever, and that he's got to handle his shit. And this is a legit test for him, to be honest with you. Again, I, I reiterate that it depends on what Diaz and what kind of shape he's in. You've got to think with his problems in the background and that way. He's had the DUI, he's had the he's still got the ongoing management problem it's going to arbitration or whatever I think his business dealings have actually kind of like brought on you know the thing for Daniel Kinahan pretty hot in America just now actually as well so you would think at his age he's probably at a stage where his how many chances is he going to get if he doesn't win this one you know does he get dropped in the rankings a wee bit further than that possibly so he's got to step it up here Um, I think um, he'll press it he'll give Haney problems and I think it'll definitely go a distance uh, I could see it maybe being a split decision type fight, mate, to be honest with you. But um, saying that, you could, Haney might just come out and maybe dominate like a 120, 108 type born scorecard. Who knows? But I think it will be competitive. It will be close. But um, I think Haney maybe just shades it. Um, maybe be a bit controversy on the cards, possibly in that as well. But it's no foregone conclusion for me, I don't think. Matty, um, can I just add something in quickly, actually? Um, I, men- I mentioned. Uh, 
Diaz's dad. Obviously, we talk um, a big point of interest this weekend has been dads in the corner. We saw Omar Figueroa in uh, Brandon Figueroa's corner, and obviously Tio Senior in, in Tiafimo's corner. Uh, Joseph Diaz Senior, quite the character. He learns from boxing from YouTube videos, so he's a self-taught trainer. He's Mr. Diaz Senior, and like I said, he likes to drop an F bomb as well. So, and with Bill Haney in the opposite corner, keep an eye out. The corners could be pretty explosive and interesting as well. You know, sometimes uh, those self-taught teachers are, are uh, do all right. Enzo Calzaghi, you know, learning from books mm-hmm. to teach Joe, and he ended up uh, not only with Joe, but he also had Enzo Macronelli as a champion in a stable at one time. So, yeah, Gary Lockett um, was in the camp, about, uh, Bradley uh, Price, Gavin Reese. I think it's uh, the yeah, tools Reece, you've got yeah, to work Reece with too. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, there, it, so you never know. Um, I, I'm generally opposed to parents in corners, though. Um, I say that Peter, because Peter of, Taylor, uh, Peter Taylor, and Katie as well. Don't forget that. There you go. Who was the uh, who was the, the fighter whose mom trains him? I'm trying to think of what the fuck that guy's name is. Oh, uh, wasn't it? Um, oh God, it's yes. Oh fuck, he fought Kovalev, isn't he? Um, uh, Douglin, Dennis Douglin. Yes, Mama's boy. Yes, Chris Bird used to have his wife in the corner. Ouch. Imagine that. Trying to get away from them all week and then they're in the corner with you. No, Nino's wife was in the was in the corner. She's making sure she's making sure if your body gets dropped or you get killed in the ring, she's there to pick up the paycheck, don't you worry about that? I think she's in charge of his fitness because she has always been in great shape. You you gotta give that woman that. Um so maybe she's actually helping him with the fitness aspect and he's looked good. Malik Scott has his misses in the corners as well. A few of them. <laughs> yeah, he actually has her tied to all four corners. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. So Andy is taking Devin Haney by a close decision. Rob, uh, what are you thinking? Last word on this fight. Um, yeah, well, you can't uh, factor out. Uh, boxer size Ben Davison, who's working with Haney, so I think Haney's going to be playing a three-five-two. Oh, I, the brain! We forgot yeah. about that, Steve. The brain. He's going to be playing a three-five-two in a diamond. I think a Christmas tree formation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to hear what fucking shite he comes up with in the press with post, post and uh, pre this week. Uh, high press, about, high press, high press. Yeah, transition. Get into zone fourteen. <laughs> Um, so I wouldn't, I'm not against Diaz in this fight. I think Andy's kind of hit the nail on the head. If Diaz is honest, why can't he give Devin Devin Haney nightmares? I think he can, like, it's so postile as well as Steve mentioned. I think, I don't think Haney's that special. I'm not just taking away from him because he's an Eddie fighter, even Eddie. I used to take away from him when he was when he was a solo agent as well. He's just short, you know, five, five, sixty-four inch reach, Rob. But mate, there's not helping himself. There's no wow factor. There's no wow factor. Nothing springs out to you like, oh wow, I've got to watch him, you know. No, no, I'm saying Jojo Diaz is that. I mean, you look at the physical tools of Haney, you know, that's why I think, eh, I don't know if he can get in there. Haney's arms are massive, aren't they, man? That jab. Yeah, but I think he, he has he has trouble putting it all together. I think in in and the punch the lack of the punching power has to be factored in as well. Like everybody that as you said as well, everybody that beats Linares stops him. Like so already he gets credit for outboxing Linares, but Linares had him on Queer Street yeah, with two rounds to go. So I think there's at least with Lopez, like you had the punching power, even though he's a he's a Muppet and he's talking himself up, you had the punching power to get excited about 
it's hard to get as excited about Devin Haney as he is about himself. And, you know, he's filming himself in his living room, throwing up stacks of cash after getting a vacant title. It's just so hard to warm to him. And then when you hear him talking, he kind of feels entitled to his position and he's, you know, he doubles down on it even. Like, it's like... How many followers you got? Yeah, how many followers have you got on? Well, not many. Not, not as many as Devin Haney, I'm sure. I haven't got enough to be throwing around fucking money in the living room, I'll tell you that much. But, um... No, I, th- I don't. I think Devin Haney is there for the taking, and I wouldn't be against. I mean, if Jojo Diaz was to come on the landscape, win the title, and him and Cambosos have a fight, that'd be a hell of a tear up, man. I'd be, I'd be up for watching that, probably more than watching Haney. So, yeah, you know, it, the, it wouldn't upset me. Like nobody would be saddened by a Devin no, Haney loss. But I think I know, I know, I know. People would favor Devin Haney to win this fight. He's got to be heavy favorite. A matchmaking always plays a key in these things. I think they think that they're getting Diaz. He's a bit of a name. He has a bit of a reputation. But, you know, lost his title on the scales. He might be that dedicated. You know, Haney trains right. You know, he shuts him out or whatever. But, or maybe even stops him. But especially if Diaz is troubling at the wake. But I think if he's at it, he gives Diaz, he gives Haney all kinds of problems. Because I think Haney is shown as he moves up the gears, there is, there's, there's frailties to him. And look, the real pity is that these fools have all sat it out for a year and none of them have fought each other. You know, when Lopez beat Lomachenko, we were all rubbing our hands. They're all making the right noises. Garcia was saying he wanted everybody from Tank Davis to fucking Tiafimo. They were kind of freezing Haney out a little bit, mocking him, laughing him, and they've ended up not fighting each other. Cambosis has come in, stole all the belts, and Jojo Diaz could come in and do the same, and it wouldn't be great, like, um, as a lesson for them all for stopping out and get the fights done, like, but... I, I probably expect... Well, though, mate, it's a year of upset, like... It is the early of strange things are happening to Led this year, even Ned. Um, so you know, you never know. I, I think he'd have been he'd have been rubbing his hands and wanting wanting Lopez Haney made on the zone. That's gone out the window. He's going to be looking at this as an opportunity for Haney now to become undisputed at lightweight. That's what we're going to hear in the build up to this. So I wouldn't be against uh, Diaz throwing a spanner in the works. Um, and I think he can do it. But I smart money is Haney. Uh, UD, but I'm going to go for Diaz by decision. Ooh, Rob, throw, Rob throwing what? one in there. Oh, man, that that's an interesting pick, Rob. I'm also going Haney with a unanimous decision there. We'll, uh, know, we, we'll know what he we looks like see. on the scales on Friday. If he looks good on the scales, it could be a wee, a wee change in pick, possibly. But who knows? You never know as well because this is on the zone card and Eddie's Eddie's got a lot of investment. Well, I wouldn't say investment, but time and is money. Is there a rematch clause? Well, I've known Eddie Hearn, possibly. I, of course, it would be. Eddie's got to hedge his bets, you know. Rematch of a rematch. Yeah. Well, that it's it's again re- that highlights again about Lopez. Not to not to harp on about Lopez, even though I spent the whole fucking pod talking about him, but that stinks as well of mismanagement. We complain about the the rematch clauses and. You know, happy that Cambosis doesn't have to have one. But for Lopez's point of view, that's an absolute nightmare. A nightmare. Because he can't even get the fucking rematch now, so he's got to go and move up. And, his, you know, he's going to have that stain on his legacy. As his dad says, he won't, people won't say he's as good as Floyd now because he's been beaten. <laughs> so, before that, they were all saying he was as good as Floyd, I have to tell you. Um, Lopez, Rob's going to be back on the phone to Bob on Monday morning. He's yeah. be like, shut the fuck up, you yeah, little prick. Like, I told you, you little prick. You're not worth five million. <laughs> Can imagine? Could you imagine the mansions in Miami that fucking Bob Arum could have built if we'd have paid, saved on paying Teofimo Lopez five million dollars? Okay, then. Well, we're looking uh, looking forward to this one on Saturday. Could be a good fight, actually. If, if JoJo can find a way inside, it's a good fight. It is a good fight. Um, that's the question. You might be wondering if uh, we're going to uh, Gervonta Davis against Isak Cruz next. 
No, because that fight is actually going to be on Sunday night. So our uh, podcast next week is going to be a pre-fight pod uh, for that one in its own way. So I look forward to uh, previewing that card next week. Um, But for now, I'm going to turn it over to Steve for the belly of the week. Thank you very much, Matthew. Belly of the week. Andy's jumping in there, Andy. Episode 451. You looking forward to this one? Oh, I'm loving it this week, mate. I'm loving it this week. Let's go. <laughs> oh, there's some good ones. There's some good ones, yes, indeed. Rob, Andy, Matty, me, Steve. Let's get stuck into them. Quite a few videos actually being thrown in. I am almost at a loss which one to play. Get a life. Get a yeah, like, 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 Boxing salon, whatever you're called, right? You see, you. You must be the most bored man on planet Earth, because what you do is, you sit and talk about what the fuck I do. Remember this, right? What you talk about, I do. I do it. You talk about it. I do it. So that gives me the right to say whatever I want about what I do. It doesn't give you the right, because you don't do it. Now, if you show me a video of you doing it, and doing it at the level I do it at, then maybe you can have a say. But remember this, I fight, you watch. It's that simple. That's all it's about. I fight, you watch. No one gives a shit about what you say, or what you do. But they give a shit about me, because I fight. I don't watch. Simple as that. Your podcast isn't worth a carrot. I don't give a shit what you say, what you do. If you've got something to say to me, I'm not hard to find. I'm usually on the front row of boxing events. Come and say hello, or come and say to me what you'd say to me on your daft podcast. But remember this, I get more views with a fart than what you get with a two-hour podcast. On that note... Two-hour podcast, try three hours, you fucker. I don't, I, I don't think anyone ever accused him of being hard to find either, by the way. <laughs> Come on, Anthony, get some money in the Super Chat pledges there, you tight cunt. <laughs> oh, what a legend, old Anthony there. Uh, popping up the belly of the week with his little uh, theme. Right, let's get into the ones the boys have sent in. Starting off with you, Matty. Hello. <laughs> 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 Where'd you find this? <laughs> I've tried, uh, oh yeah, the Supreme Boxing <laughs> Facebook page. I uh, put together a fight early for the Canelo Macabu fight, um, which um, I don't even know how to fucking describe what Macabu looks like. <laughs> it, again, it looks like African photo card as we fucking went into last Look week. Look at that forehead, man. It's all wash ambition. What? What? Who? Which Macabu? That's a five head. A five head. <laughs> The size of that forehead. I don't know, man. It looks like a promo poster for Canelo about the end world hunger or something. I don't, I don't really know what the fuck is going on in it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the eyes, man. Something's having a go with that one. Folks really need to. 
folks really need to go to the YouTube and watch this one. And uh, if you're if you're usually a, an audio only listener, we got some good viewing material this week. This Macumbu, one is classic. The Makubu one looks like a photo fit that you do for police identification or something. You're gonna have to sketch of Makubu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Computer generated. Makabu even. Tony Yakubu. Oh, that's who oh, it Macabre. is. Makabu. That's what happened after you got iced by the bomber. That's what what can happen to you, Rob. This is it. Do what? Anyway, uh, Dan Luzzi has um, shared this with us. Uh, on the weekend that we saw Kubrat Pulev going in against Frank Mir and all the other freak shows and the Triangle Ring, which we will get to soon, he said, I wanted to highlight a niche the nutters can sink their teeth into. Pillow Fighting, uh, that's Pillow Fighting Championship on Fight TV. He's streaming its first pay-per-view live event from Florida on the 29th of January. Uh, sink your teeth into a bit of pillow fighting there, Andy, on, on Fight TV. Can he wait for that, mate? I mean, Christ, there's nothing to put on pay-per-view these days. What kind of we'll pillows put, are we talking here? Can we just put cockfighting on fucking pay-per-view now as well, no? <laughs> is there going to be a dispute over the pillows, like, with the gloves? Like, is there going to be feather pillows versus foam pillows? Also? Or is anybody just turning up with our tits out for a change? This is it. This is what I need to know. What's going on on Fight TV? I'm going to have to tune in. Florida, anything goes. Uh, the pillow fighting on Fight TV. Triller might or might not be involved. Uh, Boxing UK were interviewing Dennis Hobson. Hobson said, let's take on Canelo or Terence Crawford. De- Dennis Hobson wants the big names to step up and fight his new world champion, uh, IBO King Jack Massey. Uh, he also <laughs> called Eddie Hearn the boohoo man and spoke about the success of Fight Zone TV and making champions on the weekend Fight Zone. Cancelled a show, Rob, due to the snow. Look, at, I think everybody needs to get on Twitter and send their duck emojis to Terence Crawford and Canelo. What, step up with you and fight fucking Jack Massey. Massey Ferguson. What the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> Terence Crawford. Or Canelo. This fella's, well, how many weights is he fighting at? He's fucking, he's not afraid to go up and down anyway. Jack yeah. Massey. One, two, three. Get off, get off your fucking, stop hiding and come out and fight Jack Massey. Jack oh, Massey dear. sounds like someone who owns a car de- dealership. You know, come down to Jack Massey Chevrolet for the best deals today. Well, that, that actually fits in quite well, Matty, because they've had a few uh, shows in the car park, so maybe Jack Massey could flog a few motors in between yeah. rounds. <laughs> there you go. Sell some new electric vehicles and pimp out the charging station. He sets, you know, up, he sets up the light. He sets up the lights on the generators first, and then he fucking gets in the ring, has a fight, like calls out Terrence Crawford and Canelo. <laughs> Crawford has some car issues as well. Maybe he can get the car service for fucking Terrence Crawford and tie him into that fight. <laughs> uh, we love an advert around here we have got oh, one no. coming up from Floyd later on but Rob has sent yes. me this one from uh, AJ first of all what's AJ advertising life can be hard what matters is that we face our challenges with positivity every day as the pressure builds wind your centre take time to reflect on the setback learn the lessons wind your flow as you begin to write your comeback remember Obstacles don't stop us. They show us the way. Feel the love, the flow, the freedom. I invested in love him. CPD, mate. CP fucking day. I was going to say as well, he's actually unfollowed everybody. I mean, everybody apart from his sponsors on IG and on Twitter. His interview in IFL was absolute car crash material and that is... He's having a meltdown. What do you mean? If you look very closely on the slow-mo replay of that, you can just see Anthony Fowler sticking his head out from the side of the heavy bag. <laughs> He's selling that CPT as well. <laughs> Love him. And remember, obstacles don't stop you. They just fucking show you the way. Try fucking saying that in the middle of the night. You fucking burst your fucking toe off the fucking 
uh, in, in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> going to be for some sports beverage or something with electrolytes. I, I was totally caught off guard there at the end. The, the only thing he didn't do, though, he didn't go full foul on to say that it cures cancer. Oh, well, not yet. You never know. That could be coming soon. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Anyway, here we are. <laughs> Nomination, Des Watson for Lopez Senior. It was an easy fight, and T.O. won 10 rounds, says Lopez Senior. <laughs> There's the face of a winner. <laughs> Look at that, mate. Aye, I won 10 too. Fucking hell. Uh, here we go. Uh, Ricky Gravel sent this one in. Sam Wheatland. Ooh. I thought my crush couldn't get better. was a pleasure, Ebony Bridges. Such a lovely woman and recognised me. Well, I don't think if, that was, if that's a bad thing. Such a dream. Until next time. P.S. Think we look good. Sam, have yeah. a good time in the sports bar. Shoot your shot, that baby. One. That's what you got to do. you got to fucking take your chances. It's not going to come around every day in a week that you're going to get your fucking shot with Ebony Bridges. Put the shit out there in the universe. You look good together. Maybe it can happen. You know what I mean? What's Gotta he going to do? Me. Chin fucker? I don't know, but he came dressed as one of the Blazing Squad. Maybe she's not into that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, fucking with chins, man. That's a wash on base and chin, that one. He could trip her that one. Jesus, man. Yeah. In your man's as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Good on him, man. He looks like he had fun at the Bunches, Bridges Boxing Brunch the there. Question, the question remains is, did they go home? And finish a job on his on on, on himself or to the toilet <laughs> in the venue in there. Well, <laughs> Did he raise he prob- the phoenix? He's probably better off because Jay can't. <laughs> B- Buncey's probably there, cut out of the photo, isn't he on the right hand side? Possibly. there, I think. Actually, it occurred to me, Andy, whenever I was looking at uh, this up during the week, I've actually been in the sports bar in Cannock many moons ago. I uh, watched Floyd Mayweather against Demarcus Corley there. That's going Jeez. back wow. a few years, isn't it? Chop, I'm, chop. Actually gonna, I'm actually going to watch that fight them on, I believe it or not, mate. It's really? Part of, uh, it's part of our... Um, uh... Oh, uh, yeah, Diego Corrales, the, yeah. the punchy for the past. Yeah, there yep, you go. Well, so, aye, chop, so. chop. What a, what a guy, by the way. Very exciting fight in this day. No Ebony Bridges there though, Matt, uh, Rob. That day, no Ebony. No, it's a cost of some watching the more. That's who. It is. I don't know if that's lucky. I don't know if that's lucky for you or her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Floyd, he's back and he's advertising. I'm not really sure what he's advertising. He's advertising something. Oh. Anyway. Black Friday, Black Friday, Black Friday. Everybody is shopping right now. It's Black Friday, but what I need you to do, the women as well as the men. Men, noble men, women, Fashion Nova, go to the website. I don't care where you got to go get the gear at. Go get Fashion Nova for women, Nova for men, Black Friday. It's only right to wear black. Money made, you already know the rest. Yeah, we do. We do. It's, <laughs> Thanks it's for that, all Floyd. Day. I like the I like the start of it. It's very poetic. It's like when fucking in that episode of Fresh Prince when Jeffrey was doing the poetry. Black Friday, Black Friday, Black Friday. Cannon to the left of him. <laughs> he, he does pretty well on these things for somebody who can't read who can't read cue cards. I mean, well, that's why he's fucking ad libbing every ad because he can't read the fucking cue cards. Well, I know. Black Friday, he's... Black Friday, Black Friday. Buy this shit. Money he's, made. He's like, what am I? What day is it? There's the ad. He literally gave no information in that advertisement. What are you supposed to do? Who's he advertising? Oh, I'd be looking for a refund if I was them. Steve, no sign of Steve getting the fucking fashion over tracksuit now. We can't fucking find the link. <laughs> I don't even know what he was saying. It felt like an interior design commercial. You have to follow beginning. somebody, Matty. Do, do I follow someone who follows you or follows him? Or was that last week? I can't remember. I don't that know. That was last I, week. I'm just, just finished with push this week. <laughs> oh, my God. Floyd, anyway, yeah, keep keep them coming, Rob. Uh, hopefully Floyd will be back again next week. 
Uh, right, what have we got here then? Uh, boxing scene reported. Joshua felt Wilder lacked a proper game plan in Tyson Fury's trilogy. Uh, Tyson Fury himself said, irony of this mug. Then Luke Grenside said, to be fair, win or lose, at least Joshua isn't afraid to fight anyone, which is more than could be said for Tyson and Wilder put together. Clearly ducking White, and he will end up fighting Caboyel, the worst opponent in the WBC rankings. So there you go then, Matty. Um, Joshua isn't afraid to fight anyone. Uh, Tyson, Fury and Wilder are off busy fighting each other three times, the pussies. Yes, bunch of pussies delivering us one of the best trilogies that we've seen in the past quarter century. Those sons of bitches, you know, uh, you know, between them, they hadn't basically cleared out the heavyweight division. Sans Joshua, who, uh, you know, ran into Usyk and who ran into fat Anthony, Andy Ruiz. Um, but that was just an uh, obstacle showing him the way, dude. Don't be fucking. That's why he ran into them. It was just obstacles to show you the way. Come on. He's man. got the hemp now. Although I don't think that's going to make him any more urgent in the rematch. To be honest with you, if you're a world championship level fighter, the only time that Andy Ruiz should get in your way is in a sprint to the buffet. Mm. Well, who, he's the guy that wrote the buffet, Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz. No one's eating at the top table now after Andy. John Candy involved. reference there, guys, for fat heavyweights. No, the, the late John Candy. Uh, right, uh, Mohammed Mia has nominated this one. The Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury press conference descends into chaos. <laughs> the John Fury goes at it with Jake, exchanging world insults while Tommy and Tyson watch. Oh, did I? Even... Oh, yes, uh, here we are, boys. Don't worry. I got. It. I managed to get it cut in the end. It was some going, but I managed to get it cut. Here we go. You fucking dumbass. What's that? Back to the UK with your smelly shit. What did you say? Listen, you know now you're swearing now. You know when Tommy knocks you out, don't you? He's going to bend your girlfriend over and do her like a dog. In front of you. Blimey. So I'm telling you straight. You're, 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 you're cringing. That's all where you're coming from. You are, you are, are a dumbass. Cringe, man. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. Oh, you missed the best bit of squeal up to tell Conor McGregor style there, by the way. That was like teleporting stuff, you know? Not my side piece. I had a joke. I got it. I leave it to laugh. You're gonna get cancelled like John Fury yeah. on BT Sport. Rob. Like on a, he's gonna do it like a dog in front of you. Fucking hell, man! Extreme, <laughs> really just having a fight like it's fucking hell. Which dog? Johnny Nelson's dog? Who? What's <laughs> way think of all this? Stand bring the handyman room. You know, and it's amazing that this actually surprises us any way, shape, or form. And I mean, because they're all trying to, you know, they're all trying to punch up at Mike Tyson talking was about the... stomping on ch- on children's testicles and things there was, of that nature. There was a good, there was a good, <laughs> there was a good value of the week worthy quote from Tommy in there as well because he accused Jake Paul of living off his brother's name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, good old Tommy. Uh, John Fury nominated there. Uh, Shuey has nominated Wasserman Boxing. He said, look at the third pick. A gentleman, <laughs> not in such good shape down there. Uh, Tim Boxeo levels, uh, whoever that guy is. Uh, Wasserman Boxing enjoying themselves anyway. They were the, the development series kicking off tomorrow night on Boxing Social. And Fight TV didn't catch any of it, Andy, if you managed to see it. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so all right there Rob I was just thinking you know what would have made that press conference a lot better if the fucking satellite link had cut off Jake Paul and just Mickey T.O. and Ponky were on the fucking other side <laughs> big John Fiori squared up to the telly what the fuck is Callie weird no man Callie to like, walk and just came off the fucking oh at least he's going to shoot or... ferrets or something or <laughs> fuck something Oh dear, Callie yes uh, next one Dominic Henry has nominated uh, well Michael Montero tweeted out Oh dear, uh, Don Trello's awful scorecard of 114-113 to Tiafomo Lopez is overruled by two correct scorecards of 115-111 and 115-112 for George Cambosos Jr., the new undisputed lightweight champion of the world. Respected Judge Don Trello getting it tough there. We support Don. 
and all of his boxing endeavours, of course. We're not going to endorse that one. Uh, right, what have we got here? Let's have a look here. Then another one from you, Rob. This is uh, Amir Khan and David Hay backstage at the Sky <laughs> Studios enjoying the Carl Foch versus George Groves uh, fight while uh, enjoying some uh, Mrs Doyle-style sandwiches. He's up for it. Rob McCracken was saying that's one thing we don't want. We don't want this fella getting a bridgehead and building some confidence. Can a tentative jab from Croach takes the right hand? He's not throwing the jab with confidence for it. He's struggling with the range of the... Oh! <laughs> Great. Now, now Andy is fully erect. I hope you're Ooh. happy, Steve. <laughs> oh, Boxer, giving us the content that we all need. Uh, Declan, again, who threw in a question earlier. He said, here's one for Belly of the Week on DAZN. They have an ad talking about Game Changed, listing a load of world champions, leg- legends, top-level fighters like Mayweather, De La Hoya, Canelo, Katie Taylor, Warrington, Galahad, etc. And Campbell fucking Hatton. Fuck's sake, <laughs> well, that is the game changed. If that's legends, uh, uh, I guess they're going in descending order, mate. Oh, you never know. Never know what he might turn out to be, Matty. Could be a legend. No, I'm making it, here. What, it's a, well. it's, fuck, it's <laughs> fucking hole. Want to turn out to be anything? Sorry for the champions. And he seems like I, a lovely lad. He's got it to fuck all. I think he uh, would have been better off learning how to play darts with his dad in the pubs. I, I, he would have been a much better future. He could have gotten. He told darts. Mason's he wing. told darts. He told darts. Drink in a stout. <laughs> I don't uh, think fighting is going to work out for Campbell Hatton. I think that's one generation and done for the Hatton family. Well, he might make a few quid along the way. Dominic Henry, I think it was Dominic who tagged me in on this one. Uh, Dillian Weiss clearing things up about the uh, ill the. Uh, what is it, the injury that he got to the shoulder? I think it was the shoulder, wasn't it, Dillian got? Before he's supposed to fight Otto Wallin. He's cleared things up anyway, as Dillian. And they told me, you know, if you fight, you're going to risk your career. So, you know, what else am I going to do? It's a shoulder injury, yeah? What's, uh, yeah. Have you, have you, is it your rotator cuff? Is that what you've torn or something? No, you know, obviously, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I don't want to go into too much details about it, but obviously, there'll be a full statement and stuff go out and explain everything, you know. Where's the evidence? You know? Where's the evidence? You know? Where's the evidence? I think most most people would post some kind of X-ray. Like- fucking love Larry David. New season of Curb, by the way, unbelievable, unbelievable. But yeah, get a life making those fucking videos, will you? Remember what people say. I think it was Sir Fitzgerald on Twitter who made it, but Dominic, who uh, tagged me in. Thank you for that one. Zeconomics nominated Tony Bellew. Uh, Bellew spot on before the big fight on the zone. Uh, but regarding George Cambosos, there's a lot of that's a lot of nervous energy he's using right there, Cambosos. You've got to stay relaxed in these kind of moments during fight week. Save that energy because believe me, you're going to need it come Saturday night. <clears throat> Hashtag Lopez Cambosos. Uh, the bomber not liking his chances there. Oh, here we go, Andy. Here's a good one. Greg Cross has thrown this one in. Uh, be ready, you little piece of shit, says T.O. Senior. Yes. Here is Tiafimo Lopez Senior losing his mind at Josh Taylor for over a minute. Oh, dear. I wasn't able Aye. to cut this one, but I did get another one. But basically, he's going in on Josh Taylor, according to this. Be be ready, you piece of shit, and all this type of thing. This was, this, remember, his son actually said, oh, I'll fight Josh Taylor, just knowing the UK, though. You know, so, again, yeah, I think Taylor would absolutely fucking, you know, he would bless him. Big style, mate. He would baptize him to the point that God would actually need to intervene on him. Fucking, based off last night's performance, man, Josh Taylor would have fucking murdered him. 
Well, it might happen. Uh, Tiafimo as well, Andy. You sent me this one. I did manage to cut this one. Now, we have seen some great levels of delusion and heard from some great delusionists over the years on this podcast. But this is after the fight with Cambosa from Lopez. This is next level levels of delusion. And this is not going to stain my son. It's going to stain him because now we can't say we're better than Floyd Mayweather because now Floyd is going to say we got that. You know what I'm saying? We got that loss. And then... Um, and, and, and listen, it doesn't really matter. He's the people's champ. Everybody's going to fill out the arenas for him, you know? And that's all, I, that's all I'm concerned about, you know? Uh, the people know who won that tonight, and it doesn't matter what the judges said. We won tonight. And, and, and this bullshit loss, because it's a bullshit loss, and I should have never fought with the zone. I should have stood with um, top rank. Because those are the people that really love us. And, 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 and I learned, you learn from your mistakes, you know what I'm saying? So we go back with Top Rank and um, two pay-per-view fights next year. And then um, an ESPN fight. I mean, everybody know what happened. Okay? Just upset. They booed the, they booed the decision in the Madison Square Garden. So we're just going to keep on living and and, 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 and and do big fights and selling out arenas like we did to, tonight, you know. And we sold out the Madison, we sold out the Madison Square Garden on, you know, on vaccination time. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got you to gotta be vaccinated to get inside. So... Um, <laughs> Next level delusion. I tell you what, Andy, it's some feat to look, be the biggest dickhead on camera when there's a fella sitting there with Prince gloves in front oh, of him. Oh no, maybe listen, there was this. <laughs> he almost stole it. But to be honest with you, man, that that that, that is a crackpot. Yeah, that that one, baby, an absolute fucking crackpot. What fucking bring back Angel Garcia. <laughs> oh man, he was all over the place there too, man. Like that that guy's brain ain't functioning right. Yeah, I think dreadful. he's riding that white pony. Yeah, fucking dreadful, mate. Absolutely dreadful. I mean, every time I see him speak, he's, he has got no redeeming quality. I remember listening, he was listening to an interview with him. He was talking about, like, the, uh, he had this, like, young lassie with him. I, I could, she couldn't have been any older than eight, and he's motherfucking this and bastard and that and cunt this. I'm like, fucking Jesus, dude, calm down. But he's the one that talks all this shit, and his son's the one that's got to go, uh, got to go and back it up, right? Oh, I've he's, got so much more to say about Garcia, He's going to ruin the son, isn't he? Like, he's mm. ruining the son. He's worse than Isaac Garcia. was able to cut it some way back and up to a but degree. Should, like he got, as, as I said, the senior basically saying that if he stayed with top rank, um, the judges would have given him the decision last night. But because it was on the zone, they got fucked over. Who's advising this guy? His son, by him. Who's advising him? His fucking dad. Is that exactly? And that's what you're going to see down the line in his career because he's not going to get away from this fella. Like. And now he's back with top, he's gonna go back to top rank and do two pay per views. Is he? This is the shit that he's coming out with. He was like, people's chat, up. Bob. People's chat, man. They booed the decision. Bob's like, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure you don't get no motherfucking pay per view. But Radio Raheem is sitting there letting him talk instead of saying, sorry, what? Vaccination time? What the it's, fuck does he, that mean? He, he must have. This is what I'm saying. Why do these people not fucking pull people up with this bullshit, man? See, me, you know, someone's actually talking shit in their other place and that. See, well, what do you, what do you mean well, by that? Well, when you, see it, when, you see the guy, when you see the guy interviewing John Fury who said that he hasn't seen his son in six weeks and then he walks <laughs> out of the room behind him and your man doesn't say anything, he's just nah, exactly, yeah. happen. That's what you're up against. Like. <laughs> oh, I just can't believe it. Honestly, what a fucking knob, man. Absolute fraud. He's a front runner. He's definitely a front runner. A couple more. 
and a couple more videos to go. Uh, Stacey Smith, uh, so we've got Shannon Courtney here. Well, I think it looks like Shannon Courtney or some kind of computer game uh, version. Surgery went well. Road to recovery starts now. Stacey Smith says, Jesus Christ, the wonders of facial reconstruction never ever cease to amaze. And Guy Jackson says, far too much bullying of Shannon on social media. A girl working very hard to be the best she can be. And all the people do is tear her apart. People need to take a long, hard look at themselves, if you ask me. At Ebony Bridges, at the real Enzo Max. There you go, Vincent. Vincenzo Pecci nominating oh. that one, under. Yeah, did they? I think everybody just came back with quite a solid well, response. She clapped that, back. Eh? Yeah, she clapped soft back. Soft cock or something like that. Guy Jackson, soft cock. So you could call it Guy Jackson. Yeah, or whatever. She was like, it's boxing. Yeah, soft cock. Good old Shani. What? Soft cock. She said, yeah, you're bleeding soft cock. Flaming soft cock, mate. <laughs> What she, what she needs, I think, Rob, is a bit of AJ philosophy or AJ answers in her life. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so can I just tell so you... So don't what, say it then. No, but can I just tell you what I, uh, I made of what you just said? Yeah, yeah, that's good, okay. that's good. So my take on what you said is that you've right now got no intention of stepping aside, but... Because if, it, cause of the respect? Yes. And, and it doesn't go in line with fighting the best. Favourite fighter, I mean, I want to fight the best. But so, from a business side, if something made side, sense for you, that's what, so, you'd consider it. So, like, we have a rule when it comes to, like, my brother and my cousin do property, and they have a rule. Cut off in his prime there, Rob, but um, I think he's losing the plot, this fella. And it goes time, <laughs> something like time, quality, uh, revenue. And, you know, if you want something good done, you can pay for it, and again, done quicker, but it'll be shit. But if you really want to get it done fast, then you have to pay more money and all. It's just like it didn't, this triangle theory didn't fucking work out. It's a while. I still couldn't work out what the fuck he was trying to get across. Is he going to take the step aside money or not? Like, what's all this triangle talk? Illuminati shit. I thought he was talking about the ring and killer. Exposed. Just read it. <laughs> I know it's funny you should say that. I forgot that I almost forgot to upload that, so I'm just getting it uploaded now. Uh, while it uploads, Andy, you've sent quite an interesting video. You're gonna have to give a, good, a bit of context for the people first of all about this one. Yeah, just before it plays, mate. So I think is this the gay bar video I was talking about a couple of weeks back? Hmm. Aye. So right, just just yeah. watch your man here, right? So there's 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 a guy who's dancing in the middle of the uh, the hall in that, right? I think he's got a hat on, and he bumps into someone. Who just just decides to wreck house and he's like laying bodies out like cold and the guy who instigated it all just watch him slide away to the side and that so you know the bodies pile up and he decides fuck it I'll get involved again and he gets absolutely ironed out as well it's fucking chaos man honestly God there's just there's just bodies piling up this is like what? War Machine Part Two the guy he's, I don't know, he's like some Vietnam vet isn't he all of a sudden he just can't stop punching man he just can't stop. <laughs> Rambo, certainly some sort of PTSD involved here. Like, I don't know what it was. What do you see this? Honestly, Let's, set this the scene. Let's have a look, boys. Let's have Let's a look. Uh, watch dead. him. It's a big guy. The big guy in the white here. Right, like, watch him. But he was called for fighting. Right. Right. No, watch, watch, watch the poor guy here trying to break up. Watch this. Watch this. What? He's up. Watch the poor guy. Ten, right. ten, nine round. Watch us, ten, watch us. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the best one. Watch for the guy in a white hat coming in here shortly, right? right. Yeah, so anyone else wants some hair bump? Right. Where's the guy with the white hat? Where is he? Legs are shaky, Adam. Legs are shaky, definitely, right? So here's the guy who gets up off the flare who decides who's going to have another <laughs> go back. Boom, boom, boom. Get the fuck out of here, right? So where's the guy? Here's the guy with the hat, right? Big, brave guy. <laughs> Watch us. 
Watch us. Watch us. Watch us. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's pooing like a like a fucking Rivita. Right? He's fucking lying out there like a Rivita biscuit. Flat out. Look at him. Oh, Randy, you're dreaming nights like these. Like these. Very early to live up to expectation. Hey, nobody challenged him. Just got walked out the place. Fucking wrecked the house. Look at your hands. He's still on the fucking <laughs> <laughs> The two of must still lie sleeping. <laughs> Boys were looking to get laid and they got laid out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Carries, man. Look at the man looks like he's dead in the middle of it. The guy getting old after the treatment there for trying to get himself woken up. Get the legs cut up in the air. Up a tight, Andy, up a tight. <laughs> I don't like your shoes. Your up man eight is months. fucking. That's what it is, for look, crap. At look at the guy sleep sitting up. Look, he falls back over to the That's side. Dillian trying to get him up. That's Eddie in up. the morning in the garden. The guy in the bottom right corner. The guy in the bottom right corner is trying to treat your man for cramp when he's not there. He's, he's, he's using the wrong technique. Let's not get up at eight. Let's get up at eight months, mate. Sound of the cannon. Oh dear, right. I look like the best dressed version of Jonestown you could ever imagine. <laughs> I dare say that guy seems some sort of warfare in his time, by the way. Holy oh. shit, yeah, he's like a green bird or something, wasn't he? What the fuck? <laughs> Bang. Okay, so uh, Ben Vaughan, uh, I put him on the value of the weight list. It's the quote. She says, biggest pay-per-view in the world would be if Canelo moved all the way up to heavyweight to fight Anthony Joshua. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if it did, boom. Oh, I got a little bit of the quotes, man. I'm a fan of the quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is shocking, hello. Oh, fucking Andy Joshua. With the triangle quote, theories. Man. In the triangle. Get the old the triangle. triangle. Right. Talking triangles. The, talking to the triangle, boys. Finally on Triller. We didn't go through the full card this week. I think we did enough last week, but let's hear our final value of the week nomination. It is this video. Pooh Lev against Frank Mir. Jump in and stop it, ref. Why don't you? Jump in and stop it. And the upper body... Premature stoppage, if you ask me. Kubrat Pulab with much more restraint than Dennis Lebedev. Stop it, Frank. You can stop it anytime. I was just going to see Jim and Frank, Rob coming out with the fucking Gatti statements. I was going to see you can stop it anytime, Frank. Stop it anytime you want. The ref last seen fucking referee and Ray Mercer versus Tommy Morrison, definitely. Imagine if I bought a ticket, by the way. Hey, imagine if you bought a ticket, Rob. <laughs> to the fucking, well, you would have got to see Metallica afterwards if you'd have bought a ticket. And you would have got to see fellas fighting in MMA gloves in a triangular ring. And apparently all the boxers lost, apart from Poole, I think, and a few others. They got heavily defeated. So uh, bring on the main event, Shannon the Cannon versus Rampage Jackson. Let's go, champ. Yeah, what, what's with Terry Harper in this trend she started? <laughs> <laughs> You're not always slightly uncomfortable, Matty, when you say that, shall I finish them? Shall I not finish them? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Frank Mears in the corner going, do you want salt and vinegar with him? Pull up showed far more restraint than he does if there's a female reporter next to him. <laughs> Don't be slut shaming. They said the commission said I was slut shaming. <laughs> And finally, before we come out of here, I almost forgot. Uh, everyone going on about Cambosos beating Lopez last night. Uh, the greatest victory by an Australian fighter of all time. Well, I think they're forgetting a few years ago. Surely not, everybody. Surely not. 
Here comes Father Dave, led out by Tony O'Loughlin. My goodness, Tony, I've known him since the <laughs> 80s. God love him. He's been a great trainer in the Sydney region for a long, long time. Peace, you know. The punching priest, Father Dave. Tell you what, what, isn't that some entrance? He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. At the veteran boxes. He always opens <laughs> up the uh, veteran boxes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. He is a priest, yeah. He's called Father Dave, you can't. It always gets me that one. <laughs> He's a priest. At, at least they have something that tops uh, Anthony Mundine over Shane Mosley now. You know, they have some sort of joy in their life. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Green over Jones. I thought Jeff Horn to get over Manny Pacquiao. Whether yeah, you agree yeah, with the yeah. cards or not, was the best Australian vic- mm. uh, boxing victory of all time. That's, that's a good point. But that's too not funny for this section of the show. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. Well, you never let that stop you, Matty, so don't worry <laughs> about that. Well, actually, if you consider a controversial decision over a 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao, the greatest victory in your country's sporting history, maybe that is worthy of the value of the week within itself. <laughs> There you go, Father Dave. Bit of Father Dave to clear us out there. Right, before everyone does their picks, let's get on with our nominations. First of all, Matty, anything from you? Episode 451, Belly of the Week. All I had was that uh, Canelo poster and the Frank Mir knockout. Uh, That was a a fine Canelo poster. Uh, Andy, any from you? Yeah, Teofimo Lopez Jr. for that post-fight interview, saying that he won the fight. You know, basically got called delusional directly to his face, and he basically got challenged. You know, rematch Australia, baby. I'll have to go back to the drawing board, talk to my team. That's not a guy who wants a rematch, baby. And uh, Daddy as well for just like say all the shit. And oh, one shout out for WBC. As I says last night was an IBF mandatory, I believe it was. And the second the decision came out, the WBC's woman, I forget who she is again at this point. Someone told me on Twitter that within rapier like speed. Manages to get the fucking WBC merchandise t-shirt over Cambosis' head literally at the second that he got called the new champion in the world, right? Right? So, so he's an IBF mandatory, right? The WBC are trying to get all their fucking tatty merchandise all out of place, their hats, their fucking t-shirts, opportunistic wankers. Someone told me that t-shirt's worth $30 on fucking, on their, on, on, on their webpage if they're handing out for fuck all. So I went for WBC and that as well. They're just, they're everywhere, mate. They're fucking everywhere. That's, they they were the shitty medals, their fucking hats and their t-shirts and that. But for me this week, man, it's going to be Lopez Senior just for the shite that he has spoke. Called it Josh Taylor. He's called it a robbery. He shot on the zone. He has failed to prepare. He gave him the wrong advice in the corner. I mean, little little. And his guy, mother has holes in her underpants. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but this guy has spoke so much shit that he, <laughs> in that corner, man. He literally. Contradicted himself about four times in the space of forty seconds there last night, and you know it was a nobody can do that. It's incredible. So Lopez Senior gets my vote. And shout out as well to the white Don King Andy, the Botox Lego sex oh, doll, doing yes. his little clapping. He's always been behind now, isn't he? All he needs is some little flags. Oh, I mean, I, that's what he needs to do, mate. The thing is, I, th- I think as well, all we needed, needed was a knockout last night at Lopez, so we see Eddie stepping over Lopez's body in the corner of Campos, was clapping like a seal and that. Yeah, I'm part of the team. We? 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 You know, that type of thing. You know, he's part of the team. It's we, George Campos. So, uh, aye, we'll wait and see how it pans out and that. But, um, 
you just know, you just know that something's going to fucking pop off here. But yeah, and for, in fact, as well, he did have a rematch clause, you know, which is good to see. Actually, he must, obviously betted on himself, and he's he's come up, he's come up short in that regard as well. So. I know over on the PBC, shout out to Brandon Figueroa, side piece as well. He might have lost in the ring, but he's definitely winning outside of the ring. Rob, any nominations from you? Uh, yeah, I had uh, one for Eddie, actually. I, I, I could have got the clip, but you know, get a life. Get a life. <laughs> um, but he was quite uh, quite rude, actually, to Demetrius Andrade's mother for some reason. Because Demetrius Andrade's mother said when there was a camera lurking, Canelo's doing sucker shit, moving up to fight Macabu. And Eddie was like, I'm not having that. He is full in the year. He has unified the division. Looking at the camera, <laughs> making sure that he gets caught. I'm not having that. No, you can't say that about Canelo. How dare you, Demetrius Andrade's mother, question the legacy of Canelo, who's definitely, you know, his legacy cannot be questioned. And there's definitely nothing that you could bring up to taint his legacy. So uh, I thought he was a bit rude to Boo Boo's mother. And staying on Boo Boo, he was under his own commentary last night. And they said to him, what do you think about Canelo stepping up to fight Macabo? And he said, I was... Can I curse? Because I was I was taking a crap. And then I thought, yeah, Canelo, that's what he's doing. He's taking a crap. Uh, so, you know, fucking this guy's a superstar. Why can't we get the big fights made? Uh, <laughs> everybody wants to know. So, uh, but yeah, I can't, it's hard to see past Lopez Sr. as the winner outright winner this week. Eddie's not giving up though, is he? On the, Ed, Eddie's not giving up out of Rob on that Canelo money, is he? Canelo's going to be there in his mansion and the porch light's going to go on and the wife's going to be looking out the window and they're going to be this this little figure in Armani pyjamas disappearing into the bushes. Definitely. And then at the next uh, event that they're having at Matchroom HQ in the garden, no pizzas, fajitas only. <laughs> only fajitas. So, I, and tequila. I, I, I cannot imagine the shite he's going to come. See if he's going to take buses to Australia, by the way. I cannot imagine the shite he's going to get over, right? And the Aussie's going to like, go oh, God. Yeah, fucking Aussie, but fuck off, you pommy cunt. Jim McDonald says Eddie has ordered a hat with cork tassels from Amazon before the final <laughs> bell had even rung. <laughs> Big fan of Australia, mates. <laughs> oh, good old Eddie. Right, uh, Andy, That's you've got. Promoter. This is a promoter. <laughs> <laughs> you've gone for Tio Senior I'm Tio with you Andy Senior. man that, that video like I said we've heard some delusional shit man but oh, he, he was tying himself up in knots I'm going the for the other as thing well. as well I meant to mention they, that Avi picture you, uh, people see on, on YouTube there actually that I've got on my Avi right he stood with that face I, I kid you not for about 30 or 40 seconds straight just before the weigh and he stood there like that by it was like he was on Ritalin or fucking wedge swedges or some sort mate he's on He's definitely on something. Got to be on something. Just... <laughs> There's nobody can be that thick and sound unintelligent, my. He's, he's got he's got no demon qualities whatsoever. Apparently, you haven't spent much time in my country. Yeah, he's a fucking knob, an absolute knob. Uh, yeah, Matty, Americans will knobs. Uh, any belly of the week nomination from you? Who? You... Oh no, you've done your nominations. Are you? Who's that your was Steve by with all Americans will knobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just paraphrasing, woman. just paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Any picks for you, uh, Matty? Oh, I think it has to go to Tio Senior. It's 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 a rough Ooh. one. I mean, beating out that Canelo poster was tough for me because that thing is fucking legendary. Uh, but that is, uh, yeah, we'll have to give it to Tio Senior. That's three for Tio Senior. Rob, who are you going for? Yeah, Senior and and, and Junior together. I think. Uh, Junior's rant at the press post press conference. And bearing in mind, he is a young fella and all that. Like, but fragile like and to come on and ruin Cambos' moment like that and try to fucking say that he won the fight and all this kind of shit like it, it, it he got the shit beaten out of him in certain aspects um so 
yeah, the two of them deserve an L. And plus, he was the two of them were complaining about Lomachenko storming out of the ring, so you can't have him fucking boat raised. Like, at least yeah. he didn't storm out of the ring. It was worse than when Broner said he won against Pacquiao. That was so dumb. Oh Fucking god. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Yafimo Senior. You are yeah, for episode four five one. Just before I hand back to Matty, thanks to all the super chatters tonight. I've made a quick note of them. Uh, Steve Anderson, Michael Thompson, Johnny Horscott Nelson, and Craig M. In the spirit as well of Eddie Matty, I think that maybe this is a message for Tiafimo here. Reaching out, touching me. That was definitely a, a classic week right there. There was so much material to choose from. It was uh, uh, our uh, our cup was definitely running over, Steve. It, it definitely runneth over. Uh, so uh, it has been a great week. Remember, we will be here with you next Sunday. If you guys, if any of y'all are staying up for the Javante Davis card, um, we'll give you uh, consider that a uh, pre-fight pod for you. But otherwise, uh, you can listen to it uh, right before you watch the fight the next day. Uh, so check us out next week. Uh, this week we had Steve Wellings, Rob Kelly, Andy Patterson, Gabe Lewis also joined us as well. Rob, I saw you wanting to unmute. Did you want to say something special? If you don't join us next week, Matty's going to take your girlfriend and do her like a dog in front of you. <laughs> yeah, if, if she's uh, better than a uh, six, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So, <laughs> so, so uh, Steve will be back in the hot seat for episode 452. Remember, check us out. We might be cancelled by then, I think. <laughs> Good God, you never know. Remember, I said if she's a six or better, okay? I just clearly specified the one to ten scale, you fucks. Depends, um, depends what governing body you're using for the ranking system. It's all over the place at the moment. A shit two or better. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, so we'll be back here next week, and we're gonna be checking out that uh, talking about the Gervonta Davis card coming up that evening. Ooh. We'll be blessed with a Sunday card. Um, but until that point, remember to check us out on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, uh, wherever the heck you get your uh, your podcast. Give us that five star review; we would very much appreciate it. Until then, I'm your host Matthew Gelinardo. We'll catch you next week. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking so that can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has failed has failed a test. Seven year age. Seven year age. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.